0: From downtown, this is Tim Kitzer from NBHM, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka!
1: This week on Nintendo Main, we have uh, Craig and Michelle here to talk about a movie you should be excited about called Ghost Lord and the Quest for Dark Presence.
0: I got my Sharky back.
1: Documentaries are here to save video game movies. Definitely. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 366. You're placed here, Nintendo fans, talk about documentaries about video games and arcades and all sorts of great things. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Trey, running from the darkness, Johnson.
0: I'm Jeremy, transcending humanity via squid, Mikowski.
1: And I'm John Peach's Knitter. And this week, we have special guests. I'm Craig Bass,
2: <laughs> director of the coming documentary, Ghost Lord and the Quest for Dark Presence, and...
3: I'm Michelle Maslanka, one of the producers and first assistant director on Ghost Lord and the Quest for Dark Presence. Nice.
1: So uh, you have a Kickstarter, right, for for a documentary for... Um, it's about Doc Mac, right, from, uh, from Ga- the Galloping Ghost and the video game, or arcade game, uh, Dark Presence, correct? And this is like... Heavily inspired by like uh, the old like Mortal Kombat stuff, where they do the moves right and they film it and put it together like as that sort of thing. Now, is is there is there like a playable version of Dark Presence? I, I remember actually talking to Doc before at some game convention. It wasn't Midwest Gaming Classic, but it was another thing in Chicago where I think they had an arcade that was playable, but I don't know if it was fully done yet. I have I have a little bit of uh, knowledge on the on the Dark Presence thing but
2: yeah there is a there's definitely a playable version we started the film about two years ago and since we started the film there's been a very playable version of the game right so a lot of what's left i mean it's still taking a lot of time but a lot of what's left is the under the hood stuff it's some of its lighting tweaks some of its music some a lot of finishing moves need to be added in so there's a bit of work left but it's eminently playable uh and in fact we just had our big comic con in chicago last weekend i think c2e2 and they brought out dark presence for three days there uh, it was on the floor so a lot of people got to try it including michelle who hadn't played it yet so Yes, it is playable.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't remember if we had actually, if we were actually able to try it or not. But I do remember. I, seeing I've definitely stuff seen about an it. arcade
0: yeah. cabinet of it on the at the MGC, but I don't recall if it was playable. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The cool I, thing, I, actually, I, I recall it being a
0: very large cabinet.
3: It is. And it was the centerpiece at at C2E2 and we got some great coverage of it. And to Craig's point, um, I actually got to play it for the first time, which was really cool. Again, I was never really into the, you know, the gaming community until I started working on this project almost two years ago with Craig. And it has been incredible. I mean, the people we've met, the games I've gotten to play, getting to know Doc Mac, it's been a really cool experience. So actually getting to play it and talking to people who have played it over the years i have said this is the best version um, they've seen of it. So that's really cool to hear from people who have been following the progression of the game over the years at different events at different um conventions so that was yeah that was a really cool experience to be there with him and to be able to play the game uh there with him so
4: when you say the the progression of the game this game has been in development for
1: how long it's been made like three times right i think it's what they were what you're <laughs> yeah. saying on the yeah because of like changes of technology or whatever he shot a bunch right. of moves and then did it again and again correct
4: and then as you say in the trailer too, uh he had this little side project that sort of took him off uh you know developing the largest arcade in the world, Galping Ghost Arcade.
2: And he and it's not the only side project, do you know what I mean? I mean that's what he's known for, but the man right. is he's he's doing so much.
0: I know he's got a pinball place and then he's got doesn't he have a gym, gym and like then like a workshop he has a, gym.
2: he has a gym he's got an auto repair shop galloping ghost um oh. automotive I yeah. it's called he's got a printing uh galloping ghost reproduction so they print uh they definitely print all the art for their machines uh if it needs to be recreated and then they'll print flyers or vinyl biners or b- vinyl banners things like that for businesses and then he his newest business is galloping ghost kaiju kobo this is my cat Ryoga. uh one of our cat friendly podcasts okay i see that very much jeremy one of your cats looks just like one of mine he galloping ghost kaiju kobo so he is i would say one of the world's largest godzilla model collectors um and he ran the foremost site on godzilla models for a long long time and still does and he now has started to design print and sell his own godzilla Mile models under galloping ghost kaiju kobo limited edition you know limited run models they're really cool i mean they do a fantastic job over there so that's his newest undertaking they run the scoring site orcade which I think is A-U-R-C-A-D-E, which is sort of, I would say, the competition to Twin Galaxies, anybody that's familiar with Twin Galaxies. So, and then there's, I mean, there's stuff I'm forgetting, I'm sure. So the man is, that's the thing, the man is doing so much. And I think the game has sort of been obscured particularly by the arcade right and just the sands of time but the arcade it's kind of like
0: he was made. procrastinating like by being really really productive yeah, like, yeah. I don't, i'm not gonna well, do that he, i'm gonna just start an entire other venture instead he I didn't mean to, to that.
2: he didn't mean to start the arcade the arcade one of the actors in the game wanted to uh invest in the game and and they did and then that guy had sold a business he owned and he said i want to open a new business and i want it to be something more fun more interesting do you have any ideas and doc said well i have a business plan for an arcade it's a free play arcade this is the way i would do it and and this this gentleman jerry the actor from the game said can i take it can i open an arcade and doc said of course you can you'll be the flagship arcade for dark presence you'll have the first dark presence machine uh we need arcades to be out there to be thriving you know we need a place to sell these games to so Jerry attempted to start an arcade but nobody you know the story that I know nobody wanted an arcade because arcades were known to sort of uh promote loitering and drug deals and this was the 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 rumors that circulated around so no town wanted one and then uh Jerry had a real hard time finding games so he had asked doc would you get involved would you help with some of these aspects and doc said well i don't know man i'm trying to finish this game at this point it's been you know 20 something years i'm trying to get this game done and jerry says look just give me part of your time you give me 50 percent of your time on the arcade 50 percent on the game i'll give you 50 percent of my time on the arcade the rest of it will go to my family so together we'll create this hundred percent um to run the arcade but I think that changed very quickly. There were a lot of demands on Doc. He was the one that figured out how to repair games. He's the one that found games. He's the one that found the space. And it just became this tidal wave that overtook him. After two years, Jerry left to pursue some other things. And then it really started to evolve rapidly under the the oversight of Doc. So the arcade wasn't intentional in a lot of ways. I mean, I think he probably always had in his head, one day I'll do this. He'd written the business plan. But it certainly he was not prepared to do it when he did it. And it became this tidal wave that just, I mean, has taken over an entire city block. It is a block long and kind of consumed everything in his life. So a good six years, he barely touched Dark Presence at a certain point, which isn't good. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it continues to be, it, it, it's the double-edged sword. It funds the game getting developed. It also gets in the way of the game getting developed. So it's an interesting
1: Cross to bear. Do you know, like, where the name uh, "galloping ghost" came from? Like, the origin of that. Like, did uh, did Doc come up with that, or did Jerry it's come a up with that? Football thing, isn't it? I know
2: everything, Trey. <laughs> <Awesome. laughs> after, after two years
1: with Doc, I and- would figure with a you know, with a you know, being a good director, you probably know all of, and you've probably gone over the footage multiple times, and you've heard all the you know, all the interviews, and you know, you know, everything from it. I'm sure. Yeah, I ha- I already
2: have, I think, 34 or 35 hours worth of interviews with Doc, and that was based on uh. A years worth of documenting his story which i have about 500 pages of so to answer your question galloping ghost his mom uh doc's mom i believe had a business that did transcription so writers and stuff would give them tapes and whatnot and they would transcribe type those out and somebody had given them something it was either a manuscript or it was honestly for like a flyer or something promoting uh, a reunion of these military guys who had all been part of the Galloping Ghost Squadron, which was a squadron, I think, in World War II, a bomber squadron. And they would paint on the side of the plane, they would paint that Galloping Ghost logo, the ghost with the bomb on the rocket ship horse thing. And actually, it was Doc's older brother that first co-opted it. He had a band called the Renfields named after, of course, Dracula's assistant, Renfield. Of course, they were kind of a horror rock band. Uh, he saw the design because he was doing some work in his mom's office the brother saw the design and he's like man this would be really cool for a Renfields band t-shirt you know back in the 90s so he sketched it out on a shirt and i think you know doc saw that and fell in love with it and held on to that as you know part of it was i think idolizing his older brother and part of it was hey that's just such a cool thing a ghost with a bomb in his hand when you're eight years old that's probably the neatest looking thing in the world Mm -hmm. and it was on the side of a plane you know so he like held on to that and identified with it very early like this is going to be my brand this is going to be my identity in fact i think he was probably this i'd have to fact check but he's got the galloping ghost tattoo here and i think he was like 15 maybe when he got that branded on his shoulder it's Mm -hmm. been there the whole time so Galloping Ghost was a thing way before the arcade it it was his personal brand it's what he was making the game under
4: it's always been a part of him
0: it's a wonderful arcade
4: it's a great arcade game you talk a little bit about about uh how you got involved how how you created this project around uh dark presence around Doc Mac
2: oh that was quite I'm sorry yes so Michelle was actually there the night that I I this kind of struck and this was God five or six years ago now we have a client of ours we run a video production company that's sort of our identity during the day is doing corporate and commercial stuff Uh, though hopefully changing over to film full-time we'll see where this film goes one of our clients their marketing company they were holding a Christmas party I don't know was it five years ago Michelle something
3: five or six years yeah
2: five or six years and we were there i'm not a big party person so i just kind of start talking to one person and do my thing so i start talking to this girl and she's probably in her 30s and she tells me oh somehow it comes up she was in a video game when she was at the end of her teenage years and i'm like well, you're in a video game what are you talking about so you know how the old mortal Kombat games were real people they filmed them on green screen cut them out put them in the game you play as them i said yeah of course it's a huge mortal Kombat fan she said yeah it was like that and i go where did you film it and she said brookfield and I go, no, nah, come on, like there's no studio in, Bro- like what game studio is there, you know, in Brookfield, Illinois, we're known for the zoo, but really nothing else Well, now galloping goes. And she said, no, it was in Brookfield. We were in an abandoned warehouse and there was, you know, they put up this green screen and they put me in this crazy costume with these huge heels and this big double sided weapon. And I go, who was making this game? And she said, Doc Mac." Now, I'd never met Doc, but if you're in the area, you know of the arcade. It's huge. And you'll see Doc walking up and down Ogden Avenue, the street it's on. He's got the long black hair. He's got the black jacket with the ghost, the black fingerless gloves. He drives the black Corvette, and it says Ghost Lord on the license plate. This is a guy that I think, oh, man, he's got to have a story, uh- right? This is a character. So once she told me that guy and the guy that owns the arcade, that guy had been making a game long time ago that as a teenager, he put me in this crazy costume with this spiked crazy weapon and in a, you know, cold warehouse in the middle of winter and film me doing all these crazy martial arts moves. I was like, that's really interesting. There's got to be a story there. And of course, didn't do anything with it right away. Eventually it got jostled free. And I took a meeting with Doc to learn, you know, what happened to the game. I figured it was done. You know, it was done and this will be an interesting look into the past. So I met with him. We met for about four hours. I was charmed by the guy. Super generous, super nice. Not what I expected from the appearance. I was like, (laughs) this guy's going to be a jerk. You know, he's going to be like the cool kid in high school with the Corvette. No, super generous, really nice guy. And... When I found out he was still working on the game, I got even more fascinated because who doesn't give up after that length of time, you know, and who, who keeps holding on, who keeps pushing it, who keeps believing in that thing in that dream and that drew me in so i started working on the film i put in about a year that was a lot of research spending time with him, filming certain things as they come along and then we started getting into the interviews i think we've done 45 or 50 interviews everybody from the original cast of mortal kombat because they had a big impact on him and he's had a big impact on them now, sort of bringing them back into the spotlight to the actors in the game, to, you know, other industry people like Brian and creator of Rampage, Jeff Lee, creator of Q-Bird, all these people that have relationships with him now. He kind of got to make friends with his heroes and did a lot of that. And then, you know started, as it started to grow and grow and grow, that was kind of, I was telling Michelle, like, hey, I got to get you involved. (laughs) You know, I need, I need help with this. Uh, And you're the person to do that if you want to. And then, you know, you can kind of take it from there, Michelle, because you've been involved since that point.
3: Yeah, well, Craig and I's relationship started nine years ago when I started working at Motion Source. So that's the the corporate commercial company that he was talking about. So he and I have had a professional relationship for nine years. And over that time, we've done a number of short films and music videos. So he and I always aligned on, you know, we do certain stuff during the day to make money. We want to be making films full time. So when this opportunity came along, I was like, absolutely. Um, you know, I sat down with Craig for, for an hour and he told me the story. And I was like, oh, that's yeah, there's something there for sure. And that's always the thing that draws me in. I'm, I'm very big on characters and story and Doc Mac's a character. And this is a story. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so the last about year and a half, uh, I've been working with Craig and our crew on again interviews um lots of shoots at the arcade uh just really getting this ramped up um, which then led us to where we're at which is the kickstarter and getting us through the next phase of production and into post because we have our eye on the finish line uh just like doc does with dark presence and i don't know how the timing is going to work out maybe one will be done before the other maybe they'll they'll line up um but for us uh you know we have uh, goals to hit, and so for us, we really want to get into this next phase of production, and then finish this up by end of, end of the year, early next year, um, and be able to get this out and let people see it.
1: So, so the Kickstarter is mostly uh, funds for the for the editing phase, then, right? For the post, is this what you're saying?
3: So we've got a, a, a next phase of production. So there's we've got some really cool ideas on how we want to tell the story. We've got a lot of the interviews down, um, and that's great. But there's so much more visually that we want to show, you know, recreations, things from Doc's past. You know, you get a little bit of a tease of that in the trailer with recreating basically his childhood bedroom, right? And and so there's a lot more that we want to do visually to tell the story in a unique way, because the story is so different and unique. Um, And I think there's so much documentary content out there right now, we want to be able to do something different, really take the audience on this nostalgic, cool ride and, and be able Able to tell this story um, in a different way. So there's there's a lot we still need to do in production. So that's going to take us through that next phase, but then get us into post as well.
1: Yeah, I saw stuff in there about like stop motion or like animation, like stuff as well that you're going to do right on the website.
2: Yeah,
3: well, we have an endless amount of ideas for sure.
2: And I think that like I'm an artist that first and foremost, that's all I've wanted to be since I was a kid. I made movies since I was four. And this isn't just, uh, you know, there's a very journalistic approach to documentary, which is fantastic there's an aspect of that but there's also an experiential approach where the audience you know when you watch a film you have an emotional experience you have an aesthetic experience and i'm very keen on this film delivering a a really interesting aesthetic uh and and uh, emotional experience to the audience so like michelle was saying there's some of the ideas she expressed I just look at everything that made Doc as a person go in his office. He's got 30 to 40 guitars mounted to the wall. He's got a couple hundred Godzilla models. He's got Mortal Kombat figures everywhere. He's got a drum set. He's got the five deadly Venoms masks from the old Kung Fu film on the wall. And these are all things I loved, too. So they're, it's fun to play in the sandbox. And it was like, okay, these are the things that made him. In a, in a very real way, a lot of them made me, too. because, And I'm assuming looking at you guys, we're all, you know, 80s, 90s. Like, We grew up on Saturday morning cartoons, graduated to MTV, you know, and these were the things that shaped us because we didn't have the unlimited access that the Internet affords these days. So I want to take those influences that shaped us and the things we create and kind of retell pieces of the story using them. So. You know, when I thought about, okay, childhood memories, how would we tackle those? And I mean, he always collected action figures. He's been an obsessive collector forever. What if we did like custom action figures and did stop motion to recreate the memories as someone's talking about it? Man, wouldn't that be a cool way to approach that both visually, artistically, um, and, you know, really craft this tapestry out of the pieces of the past, so to speak. And then there's stuff like most of the story. Story of the game was highly influenced by relationships in his life, by philosophies he's had over time, you know, revelations that have come to him, uh, not in a biblical sense, but like when you, re- when you grow up and you realize like, oh, my God, that's why I did that. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool? Because you don't get a lot of story playing the game. It's a fighting game. And he created a comic a long time ago to try to communicate some more of that story. But he wasn't a huge fan of the comic. And it's only 38 pages. And remember, you know, working on this 28 years, he's ended up with over 1,600 pages of story at this point. So I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool to conjure some of this story onto the screen? What if we cinematically recreated some of that story and then interwove it into the nonfiction portions where he's talking about? you know oh, he idolized his brother growing up and never felt like he could compare to him and hey, the two lead characters in the game are brothers and they have this antagonistic relationship. So for me as an artist, these things all made sense on how to conjure an experience, how to uh, reinforce you know certain emotions and it's not always easy to articulate that vision. Uh, we tried to do a little bit on the Kickstarter with like a vision board and stuff, but really like you know, we want to accomplish all of that. We want to create an experience no one has ever had before in terms of documentary film. Uh, uh, and one that I think honors the subject so that's the next step then post-production thankfully we own a company so the post is easier for us than most people we can do a lot of post in-house we own our all our own gear so we don't have gear rental fees so we're not paying 600 to a thousand dollars a day just to have equipment to shoot with we've been able to minimize costs significantly but you know I'm very candid about it I've spent sixty thousand dollars on the film I don't have any more money so that's where the kickstarter comes in how do we get through the next phase oh well we need to get other people involved and excited about this um and that's you know phase two and yeah that's kind of i don't know if that was the best answer but <laughs> oh my no for, for to sure explain yeah. was uh, to uh, what, explain this edifice i built in my imagination yeah
0: what, what part of like uh, meeting these like i don't know if you'd call them stretch goals but you know as far as implementing the uh, stop motion or the animation or anything like that. Would you have to hire someone to do that? Like, is that like you have to add someone to the team or is there that sort of production at your company already?
2: Yeah, it's funny because it's really just drawing off people that are already in our orbit. So like we do toy commercials for this brand, uh, Magnetiles. Great. They're, you know, these... Great magnetic toys that little kids love to build with mm-hmm. and we have a stop-motion animator we work with on those he's incredible he's like visual genius and I tell him about the project that sounds awesome hey here's what I want to do that's great I'm in count me in. you know okay I've got my guy now we've got to go and do a huge shoot we got to do a you know a much bigger fantastic you know um, fictional based shoot to do a scene from the game or a scene from the game story okay we need a much larger crew than we would have on a daily basis no problem we draw on the people that we use to shoot commercial commercials. commercials short films things like that so everything's kind of in our orbit already like I don't have anybody full time for sure that does Mm -hmm. stop motion but that guy he's already there all the pieces are already there and I don't know I think this is true of any creative project the only barrier at a certain point the barrier is money like you have the passion you have the dedication you have the vision it comes down to the cold reality of living in a capitalist universe which is we need the money to
1: make it happen I was gonna ask uh, can you, can you talk a little bit about the story that's within dark presence like cause, yeah, I don't know anything about it aside from it being a a fighting game can you do like a I don't know like a quick elevator pitch or something I know you said there's like hundreds hundreds of pages of, of story or whatever but just kind of like just you know just kind of paint the picture for us like what's what's happening in the world of dark presence and then the game yeah
2: so I would I want to start the film I haven't told anybody this publicly, but I want to start the film the same way I think the story starts with with that scene from the story. You have a kid, I don't know how, he's six or seven. He's looking through this banister. He's looking down and his parents are in robes and they're getting ready to ritualistically sacrifice a baby. Okay, suddenly the townspeople burst in. They save the baby. They murder the parents, these evil whatevers. The kid watches his parents get slaughtered. He flees the house, which is sort of on the fringes of the town, flees this mansion, and he runs down what's called the road to nowhere, this road that just goes into the woods, right? And this young boy... Whose name is Kane, eventually grows up to be known. He will be known as Mind Master, who's the great villain in the in the game. As he is living with his rage out in the woods, away from the town, he starts to train himself, and he also starts to realize he has the body to uh, the ability to manipulate people somewhat with his mind. Uh, he learns this by first doing it with animals, uh, and unfortunately, probably doing something really heinous to an animal out in the wild and then ends up doing it to, in my mind, I picture like a jogger. Some girl's out in the woods, he ends up doing this to her and disfiguring her by getting inside of their head and causing this damage. He, once he feels strong enough, he thinks I'm going to go back to the town now and I'm going to take revenge because I blame the town itself for what happened to my parents. And a key thing that Doc always points out is like my master didn't know any better. Kane didn't know any better. He grew up isolated in this house where ritualistic sacrifices of children were an acceptable practice. So all he knew is that people came in and killed his family. As he decides he's going to take revenge on the town, he has the ability being somewhat supernatural. He senses that there are other figures in the town that potentially have the ability to stand up to him, get in his way, whatever. And he realizes, I need to take them out or take them over. So he comes back to the town. And that's what sets up this battle. So it's not a tournament right? Which almost every other fighting game in existence is a tournament. It's not a tournament. So people are, everybody has to have a reason they're fighting. And Doc wanted there always to be a reason that any two given people were fighting within this universe. Uh, Additionally, you can never, there's no mirror matches because that wouldn't make sense in his mind with the story. You can't both play a character at the same time because there's one of that character in that world. And depending on, who you play and it whether or not you perform finishing moves on certain other characters to murder them, it affects your outcome in the game as it would the story outcome based on the relationships of the characters. So it's actually maybe the the heaviest story-based fighting game. It might not be as in depth of where like King of Fighters is on number 15 with all this lore or guilty gear or whatever, but how much the idea of story affects gameplay to me is very unique. That's really cool, definitely unique
4: for a fighting game.
2: It,
1: it no. reminds me, well, like some of the newer was it some of the newer Mortal Kombat games have like story mode, you know, where it kind of like goes through mm-hmm. like cut scenes and then you'll fight a person and then there's more story and then you fight a person whatever. I, I don't know if he was doing it for this one, but I would love it to to be like, you know, with the film stuff and then like FMV stuff. Was he ever planning on doing that, like for the arcade? Or how was he going to tell tell the story within within the game? Well, that's, the,
2: that's what he was trying to do kind of with the comic that mm-hmm. got done so long ago was set, at least set the story up. Him and I have talked about that where I've said, you have so much story now and it's interesting and he's talked about nothing is written in stone i think it should be a series of graphic novels he's talked about maybe that he's talked about maybe a book you know that actually clears some of this story hey maybe it's a film you know what i mean maybe uh we get the rights and we make a a series of films fun side note at one point he was getting investors involved guys uh he was 19 and a bunch of wealthy old texans are flying into chicago going into his bedroom at his parents house and he's making pitches to them about you know if we do half of what mortal Kombat did and you own this much here's what you'll get and these guys start giving him tens of thousands of dollars and one wow. of those guys, his daughter worked for David Lynch's production company, and David Lynch's production company nice. said, "We'll give you two hundred fifty thousand dollars, or two hundred thousand dollars, or something like that, for the rights to this story." And Doc said, "Absolutely not. I need to. Ret- I at, see what happens." At when- nineteen.
4: He said that. <laughs> yeah, at nineteen. It says,
2: it was like i saw what happened with the first mortal Kombat film you know i saw what happened with street fighter they did no good comes of adapting yeah. uh video games so this the story was so personal to him he was like I, there's no way you can't give me any amount of money to, to have me give this up uh and it's not like he's independently wealthy his family is a very middle-class family you know it wasn't like oh there's just money sitting around it was that level of some would say misguided artistic integrity that kept him from selling it off.
1: Yeah, I would love. To, I would love to see the story told within within the game, like through, like I said, through cutscenes mm-hmm. or something. Because I'm a huge fighting game fan myself, but I don't like doing like the the competitive stuff. I just want to play it, like just as. And I love the ones that have like a storyline that you can play through and still like you know use the mechanics and all that. And it would be really fun. I think to it see would be for it. It would be
2: hard now because the last time they filmed was probably 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So right. to it would be difficult to add that in and yeah that's all i'll say about that but it's and the last time they filmed they filmed two games so a lot of what you see in the trailer is from the sequel that hasn't even been started conquering light yeah um, so it's it's really the super expansive crazy undertaking um for somebody who had no
1: idea what they were doing you know so so you said there's a playable version of like dark presence like how much like what is in that like what is missing from it that doesn't make it like a total game like from what they have in the arcade
2: so this is observational what i'm going to tell you now just because yeah i'm sure the developers would go a little more in depth but There's definitely some lighting issues i think that need to be addressed there's some bugs in the game in general that need to be addressed where like if you're playing these two characters and this character uh is on gets flipped to this side of the screen the game breaks you know oh why is that happening i have no idea that's for a programmer to figure out i don't think there's any finishing moves in the game yet so those all need to be put in and his vision for finishing moves was they filmed them like cinematic sequences so I would liken it to like when you do a special in Injustice and the cameras cutting the different perspectives and different shot sizes and stuff at the time he came up with this like nothing like that had ever been done now I think you know certainly like Mortal Kombat does that now right you do a, you don't even have to do a fatality you just do a special move and you but you make a guy's brain explode and come out of his nose or whatever and so all of those have to be cut together still implemented Uh, The music's not done. A lot of it is. It's not all done. Some of it's temp music. There's probably some art changes that need to be done. So it's not major, major stuff at this point. It was always major stuff like the engine uh, is broken. It has to get rewritten. The programmer dropped off and now we have a new programmer and he said we got to throw all the old code away and start from scratch. And okay, Now the game's in Unity, so it's a little more, which is a, uh, if I'm saying it correctly, like a programming language, uh, sort of a piece of software you can build a game within. So I think it's more stable and uh harmonious uh in terms of you know the elements working together. So it's super playable though. Like I, you know, Michelle played it for the first time really at c 2 2 And it was like it's it's super playable. I mean it's it's fun. You know, you can play you can basically play the game for what it's going to be minus finishing moves. It's just polish and stuff that needs to be and some
4: bugs fixed. I'm wondering what's it like for you guys? Creating a documentary about something that's being created and about the, the creator of it—you don't like you, you, you're, you're you're doing creations in tandem, but but yours is about Doc and his creation, and like what are the the lines there and and how are they blurred and and yeah, you know, what, what's it like being a creator who's documenting another creator?
3: For me, because I can talk about it about Craig. I don't know. I think Craig's aware of this, but there's definitely some meta moments and there's a lot of similarities between Doc and Craig. Um, So it's actually very interesting, not to say that uh, this movie is Craig's dark presence, um, but there's a lot of similarities when you're working with the person behind the project, right? So with Doc working with him about the dark presence game, working with Craig about the film, it's very interesting. And especially when you're that close to the creator, let's say the director, um, and you start to see those similarities, it's a little eerie. You definitely have these moments of like, wait, it's like, it's art influencing the artist. Um, and Craig said that several times and and he can expand on that, but it's been a really cool experience, I think, because this is the first time we've really done something like that. So yeah, but the the art influencing the artist is something Craig said before, and it is, it is very true.
2: Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing with that, I always say is like, I've always wanted to make films, but I started a production company because I needed to feed myself and pay my rent. And I didn't want to wait tables anymore. So let's use these skills I'm developing to, to make money. But that kind of it it's my arcade, like that snowball. And now you're building a company, you're making sure you have consistent work coming in. I'm hiring Michelle. We've got this whole, you know, it's so you're forced to, to do to choose smaller bites, you know, music videos, short films, stuff like that. I kind of just like fell into doing this. I don't even I can't even tell you exactly why I decided when I decided I was suddenly gonna make a feature documentary but in doing it and seeing just sort of the mad dash that doc has made through life and just like i'm going to do what i want to do and that may take a long time that may cost money it'll all we'll figure it out this is what i want to do has made me say you know what i have always wanted to make films and i need to start putting more energy into that goal of making that a full-time uh, profession for me and for the people around me that I think have similar feelings. I've been blessed to have Michelle to keep everything else on the rails on a daily basis, client work and all that, while I build up this other, hopefully, avenue uh, of our destiny. So it's definitely inspired me like to see the never give up attitude of him and the optimism this sort of crazy optimism he's had this entire time and where most people would just walk away and say, well, I guess it's not in the cards for me. You know, it's not in the cards for me to, to, to make a game. Like, cause I'm, it's not done yet. And it's, it's hard and we need more money and it never stopped him. And I think that made me realize I'm in a sense, I'm being a coward. Why am I not putting even more on the table, putting even more chips into the, into the middle of the table. And it was like, fuck if Doc can do it. I can do it. And I think, I don't like themes, okay? I don't like people going into art and saying, okay, I have this theme I want to talk about. And it's that love conquers all. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to build a story on the foundation of this theme. I like stories. If a story is interesting, that is the first most important thing. So I went into this because the story was interesting. It's become a very inspirational piece of art. I think it will influence and inspire people. And it's meant to go way beyond the arcade community, the video game community. This is a human interest story. It's had that effect on me. If I can bring that effect to the screen, I'll have succeeded in translating to an extent what I think is probably the highest value of Doc's story. So yes, that's where, and Michelle is right. There's a lot of similarities between us. We like, we grew up, he's five years older than me. We like the same stuff if I had met them when they were filming this game, I would have been behind the camera, like guaranteed. I probably would have been one of the characters. I was in better shape. Uh, And I love martial arts. We're very, very different people, but we get along very well. And we have a lot of the same, again, like influences, passions, loves. So yeah, that's my thought.
1: I, I think, I think the development of the game is like incredibly interesting. Like uh, I think yeah. the Kickstarter said that like he was, like uh, recruiting people from the export fitness or whatever, like to write like that sort of thing. And, and I know he's like somewhat, you said he's somewhat connected with the Mortal Kombat characters as well. I, I think there's, isn't there some similarity like in the choreography or, I think he told me once at a convention that it wasn't strictly Johnny Cage, the the Johnny Cage actor, but it was like somebody who he had trained, like did the choreography and that sort of thing. Do you know know anything about that?
2: Yeah. So they three of the Mortal Kombat actors were uh, were going to be in the game. Uh, They were right on the verge of doing that and uh, it didn't work out. I think they realized the time commitment was immense. Potentially. And they're and where they live and where Doc was filming is 45 minutes away, that could be very inconvenient for people. And they had a lot going on. So they fell out. And I think that was very heartbreaking for Doc because these were his idols. I think it was a bad idea. Okay. I think casting if if this was to work out, to basically try to make the next big digitized fighting game and then using members of the cast from the first one to me is going to make it not feel like its own thing it's going to feel like an homage a baby brother it's not going to end up feeling like its own unique thing so i actually think it works to their benefit that these people fell out but as i think a laurel leaf they kind of said we'll ask our students so two of the gentlemen in it were trained by daniel piscina who is johnny cage sub-zero scorpion reptile and um why am i blanking anthony marquez who was Con lao in the sequel and i think the third one two of the gentlemen were students of of those two and we've interviewed both of those guys daniel's a friend of ours dan you know daniel's a great guy <clears throat> he was in a short film we actually won some awards for he did a little cameo for us yeah.
0: and
1: we we talked to him too for a little for a little bit at mgc and yeah they, they've always been incredibly nice i like Con yeah.
0: lao as a as a
1: that's a rock star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I saw saw, Kong Lao and the
0: Scorpions. Yeah, yeah. I saw
1: Kung Lao last year. I went to the after party and watched Uh it. And 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 the year before, Jeremy was there too. So yeah. Yeah,
2: Anthony is he. He's so nice. He's so cool. Um, and then Catalin, who was Katana Molina, her who was going to be sort of her. Um, what do you call it? Uh, it was like her apprentice, like the her successor, this girl Susan, who was kind of being groomed to be her successor in 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 her kickboxing studio, uh, Susan was in the game as well. So they kind of said, hey, it's not gonna work for us. Here's some people that it will work for. And actually the two guys, Peck and Don, the two guys that were trained by, well, Kung Lao and Johnny Cage, we'll say for the ease of understanding, Peck and Don were trained by them. Peck and Don actually both went on to or had already been or went on to working for NetherRealm and doing motion capture. So they were in Mortal Kombat games. They were in Injustice games. Susan did not. Susan was big into, I think she was a personal trainer, big into fitness and stuff. She's out in Michigan right now, I think. She's great. She just came out recently. We interviewed her and stuff. Peck and Don are cool you know they're in the area still and you know don's a lawyer pecks a graphic designer um or software designer so it's just funny you know how these these things these things play out so there was that mortal Kombat lineage it was going to be some of the actors it ended up being uh some of their students which in my mind i think is is a better fit
1: i mean what was it like a, i mean was like as far as like the stuff that he recruited from the gym or whatever did he just come up to people and be like hey i'm making a video game uh i think you'd look cool as whatever character like how did i mean how did he get people to follow him on this crazy quest
2: well he so he made a
1: casting packet and
2: i think it had the original comic book a cd with some songs on it that were going to be in the game and then i don't know what else right a cup, maybe uh some screenshots from what they'd already created like a previous build filming session of the game so if i came up to you i'm just let's use john okay john i come up to you john and i'm like hey i'm making this video game it's going to be a 2d fighting game you're going to be in it you're going to be featured here's some information on it i could absolutely see you as this sort of hulking dude with a hammer i think you'd be perfect for it are you in? let's do
4: it let's do it right now
2: So somehow that was the response, like very few people turned him down and there was no money involved. No money changed hands. There was no offer of money. These were all people donating their time. So there was a local um, kempo master. He saw breaking bricks at a taste of Brookfield event who got brought on board. There were, you know, the, the hot girl at the gym on the treadmill. You wait. You know, an appropriate amount of time so you're not being creepy and then go up and give her the packet. There's the barista from Caribou Coffee. There's the former, you know, guitarist of his brother's band. You just, he just found people and he would see them. And what was important for him was like, that's the character. That looks like the character. So what if they didn't have any training? That's okay. A lot of these people aren't supposed to be martial artists in the story. There's, there are people within this town that are maybe fearsome or intimidating or have some sort of power in some way but it doesn't mean that they're highly trained martial artists they might be a brawler or they might be this or they might be that uh so yeah just people found in random places it's amazing
0: and that gives every all the actors a backstory too i like that like it's this yeah. is the person from Caribou, this is the person from the <laughs> treadmill
2: and Yeah, it was the Export Gym in Lyons, Illinois. Though I believe was the true, uh, you know, jumping off point. A couple of the guys and and one of the girls came from there. That was a big uh, hotbed for dark presence, uh, massive growth.
3: It's a motley crew of characters, and somebody mentioned kind of that scrappy nature. And I think that's something that as independent filmmakers, we really resonated with too. If you look at our team, I mean, yes, there's a lot of similarities, you know, similar interests, but like we all have come from different backgrounds and, you know, you were saying how to get these, these people involved, kind of the same way Craig's getting the crew involved. I mean, you have somebody who's pitching you an idea and you can tell when they're very passionate um, you get, you get a creative who is kind of trying to sell you on this vision and they're Charming and Doc and Craig both are. Um, it's very easy to just say, Yeah, I want to, I want to join that, that journey. You don't always know what you're signing up for, but you know it's going to be worth it. And so it, again, where these similarities between the game and and this film uh and that 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 cross section it's like there's been so many times where i'm like wait a second you know our story is almost mirroring what what happened then um because i certainly felt like that you know again a year and a half or so when he was like hey this is what i want to do do you want to join me on this on this quest and I said, let's do it, you know. And I didn't know where that was going to end up, but it's it's been a really fun ride so far.
1: Is there is there a separate uh, Kickstarter for the game too, or is it just it's just the movie? Like as far as like what, uh, if Doc is trying to get get money for whatever? I was just no, I don't so think there. I don't
2: think he's ever gone to Kickstarter. I mean, honestly, I think the arcade funds the game now. I think the money comes from a lot of people invested in the game. And Doc did have an eBay empire for about 10 years where he sold uh, bootleg box sets of Godzilla films and Led Zeppelin. He was pulling in $1,000 some days. So between the eBay empire funded it for a while, then we got some investors involved. And now I think it's at a point where the arcade is successful enough. I mean, the arcade has had 800 people days, you know, and at $25 a pop, you do the math. So it's. I think the arcade is successful enough now that it is able to fund the level of development on the film that's occurring or on the game that's occurring.
1: Nice. I, when I was reading through the Kickstarter, uh, you were talking about, or whoever wrote it was talking about, uh, you know, some of the stuff that held the game back. And one thing that really, really like stuck out to me was suburban curses. Like what's, uh, can you say like part of what that is? Like what, I don't even know where to, where to, what to think about that. But I mean, that's obviously, that's already something really interesting, I think. Well, that was intentional, of course, yeah. <laughs> to get you
2: wanting more. There's the thing that they joke about called the curse of the ghost in the the idea being that if you get close to the project there is this chance that tragedy will befall you uh and it has happened right i obviously don't believe in curses but you know the first guy that was supposed to be doc's right hand man at 17 i think got in a i think it was like a freak accident and died right before they were gonna you know start working together and then another guy was supposed to play a character in the game but uh, he lo- he lost his mind because his girlfriend who worked at uh, Arby's had like slipped, busted her head open, and then nobody would give her mouth to mouth because it was at the height of like the AIDS panic. So no one wanted to, you know, swap saliva with anyone. So this person died. And then, you know, those are the most dramatic. But then injuries, uh, pe- you know, people losing. So it was always this sort of thing, like, is there a degree of, of this curse? And there's a gentleman uh, that weirdly i used to work with when i was 17 in a in a specialty dvd store who also had crossed doc's path back in the day and he's the one who facilitated the comic being made and some other things he's a very eccentric uh comic creator named charles moissant he he really talks heavily about the curse of the ghost and his theory of how it was created how you um undo it and all these different things so we have a great clip for that for the film but it's sort of this urban legend that's just grown out of these what are probably just like life is tragic right so tragedies happen but when you've been making a game for almost 30 years you're going to start to tie some of the things that occur in life to that process so maybe not as exciting as as you would hope for for the curse aspect because I'm a sucker for a good curse as well but uh we will definitely be dabbling in that and the way that I want to address that in the film like I told you want to do I want to tackle subjects in ways that are aesthetically interesting I'd love to do it as a scene from a B B horror movie that explains the curse uh but doing it in a narrative way and I'd love to have that introduced by Sven gooley I don't know if anybody knows who he <laughs> oh, is yeah.
1: A, Oh yeah you know I've who he is met met him multiple times at whatever uh, car dealership he shows up at you know
2: <laughs> So I have a line out to his producer right now I know an editor that works with blah 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 and I said hey I would love to You know, watching the film is going to be kind of like changing channels at points, depending on the topic. I would love to cut to him introducing a film called Curse of the Ghost and then cut to a scene from this fictional film that actually explains what it's supposed to be. Then jump back into reality and have them talk about their own experiences with it. This is a kind of a ride or whatever, like Michelle said, I want to take the audience on.
1: Uh, Do you do you want to like kind of lay out some of the uh, the tiers that are available for the Kickstarter, or what people can get like for different for different amounts or or whatnot? I saw like uh, some of them include like day passes for Galloping Ghost, or like uh, obviously, or like you know a copy of the movie, like like stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. uh, That's a
2: good Michelle question.
3: We try to make it pretty accessible, so we have these different levels kind of going along with with gameplay. Um, And so yeah, the one that you you mentioned at the fifty dollar level, which I think has been a a really popular one for a lot of people, is a pass to the galloping ghost arcade uh digital download of the film digital download of the soundtrack and a thank you on our website now if you're already planning on going to the arcade at one point it's 25 dollars for a pass anyway so really we're trying to you know say if you're going to go anyway you might as well put in an additional 25 pay the 50 that go towards the film right so that's been a pretty popular one um especially for if you're local but Even people that travel um, in once a year to go to the arcade, they're finding that at a a good level. Um, You know, we have everything from special edition Blu-ray DVDs to name in the film credits, um, T-shirts, signed posters. Um, So those are kind of some of those um, intro levels. Then we start getting into test screenings. Um, That was something that Craig and I talked about, and we thought that'd be a cool opportunity to get people feeling invested into the movie. So we actually want to have a a test screening where people are going to be able to see a version of the film pretty far along, uh, but not finished yet, to be able to actually give feedback, talk to us, um, hear from them what they liked, you know, yeah, this worked, maybe try this. We want people to feel invested um, in the film because this is very much, you know, a community um, that we're trying to to work with too. So uh, the test screening is a cool opportunity, both a physical in person one if you're local or a virtual one. Um, we're going to set that up as well, so that you know it's not limited by where you're living. Um, you know, then you're getting into, you know, production assistant or uh, associate producer, co-producer credits, uh, film cameos. And I think a really cool one, and Craig can maybe talk about this one a little bit more, is at uh, the 3000 level, it's a co-producer. But you're also getting a private play session with Doc and the developers playing Dark Presence, which is a pretty cool experience. And again, I think it, the experiential part of this is really important for us. We want people to feel invested in this. We've already gotten so much love and support. From the gaming community but even just from the neighborhood um community so to have this this opportunity that's really a, a private play session with the creator i think is pretty cool yeah definitely
1: yeah
2: a lot of people don't get a chance to play the game unless it's like i said he headed out at c22 they've taken it to the midwest gaming classics it's few and far between that the opportunities are and then you're you're often vying for you know okay well the people people want to play it So we thought I thought it would be cool because I've kind of had this luxury of being in their their offices where the game is in this hallway with hundreds of martial arts weapons lining the wall and broken down arcade cabinets everywhere. Being there with the people working on the game explaining to me like, hey, do this or you see that this is what's going to happen there. You know, and I was like, man, that would that's a cool experience. I think there are some people out there that, you know, would want that experience. at least one of them has so far well <laughs> our biggest donor is getting that expense it is a, it is a high price tag but if um and and that's by design. I mean, it, they can't. We can't have twenty private play sessions. It's it's going to hamper right. progress on the game even further. So it was. It's a very limited opportunity thing.
1: I, I do really like the addition of the test screening as well. Like that's definitely cool for you know if you give it enough, it's like you'll be one of the first people to see it even before mm-hmm. like you know whatever. And that's a. I think that's definitely a, a cool thing to to be able to do to through through uh, investing in the film. Thank you. We agree did uh did either of you did uh, jeremy or john did you have any other questions that you wanted to ask about the documentary before we go i wanted to keep it around like an hour so figured we'd ra- yeah wrap i mean it up about-
0: I, I think you already answered what i was going to ask which is like how you knew doc and you kind of already explained that so yeah
4: mm-hmm. yeah I, I think um what's one more thing that we that you'd like people to know about the movie or about the uh, about the game but the, the whole experience many
2: i mean you guys let mm-hmm. me cover the things that are really big to me which is like the fact that it's affected me and i think that it's had the ability to turn itself back on me and change me as a person that it can have the same effect on an audience and the ability to express my vision for this film because a lot of people just see it as another standard netflix documentary which there's a lot of great documentaries on netflix but I see this as a piece of art beyond, you know, and and that it, I guess the one thing I would leave everyone with then is, despite the audience for this podcast or whatever, like this is not a video game exclusive film. There's a lot of art, like most of the retro gaming docs I've seen, aren't really going to be interesting to people that aren't interested in retro gaming arcades, mm-hmm. things like that. A good film to me transcends its initial trappings. So I always say my grandma made me go see the movie La Bamba when I was a kid. And I was like, I have no interest in in this movie about these musicians who died in a plane. I don't care. And I I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then the movie was so good. The story, the characters and everything. I walked out and I was like, that movie was great. I love that movie. That was fantastic. And I would very much hope that people have a, a similar feeling to this. I, I think people get hung up sometimes on, oh, it's about video games. Okay, calm down. We don't like, want it's Doc Mac to go so much the much-
0: way of Richie Valens. No,
2: we definitely don't. <laughs> I think Doc's a Doc may be a mortal, though, so I don't know if we have I to worry so. about that. <laughs> but uh, no, it was. it's very important for me to communicate that to people, that it transcends the genre uh so definitely like video game fans should love it it should be fascinating but you're like your mom and dad should be able to watch it too and get something out of it whether they care or they don't care so i think that would be the you guys have allowed us to to share so much of our philosophy and our experience behind this that i think that's the one last piece i would highlight michelle did you have anything else
3: no i that's exactly what i was gonna say there's more uh to this film than meets the eye and the trailer really just scratches the surface of the story. Um, there's so many layers, and again, yeah, it, it's meant for it's meant for a wider audience, and I think people are really going to be interested in. It. And at the risk of sounding cliche, it really comes back to like never giving up on your dream. And I think that that idea is um, is so relatable. And and certainly for us. So yes, again, it's been great to actually get into a little bit more of the why and the philosophy and the passion. We haven't had a lot of opportunity to uh, to really talk about that. So I think that's really important for us um, because there is just there's so much more to the story than people even realize.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I mean, like you're saying, yes, it's it's the story of uh, of Doc just having this great idea and just never giving up on it. And I think that in itself (laughs) will bring everybody to it, like regardless of whether they care about arcades or video games or whatnot. I mean, I think that comes
4: through in the trailer, by the way. The trailer really. does you know make it I encourage everybody to go watch the trailer it's evident that this is a story about anybody who had a big dream and, and went out and chased it
2: well th- that's really good to hear because it's when you're cutting a trailer out of 150 hours worth of footage it's very daunting to be like how am I going to get this point across I need this I need that we need to have this and you know the first cut of the trailer was like 30 minutes right and then we got it down to six and then it's like well it can't be six minutes what can we cut so And it's still a little bit long at three minutes. I think most trailers are around two minutes and 40. But to hear you say that, John, it's so encouraging because you kind of worry, did it, was I able to get that across? And you said I was, so I like that. Thank you.
4: Additionally, it still feels breezy at three minutes. Amen. That's great. That's what you
2: want. I want you to walk out of this movie thinking, damn, I wish it was 30 minutes longer or not. You know, oh, I've had my fill. So hopefully we can take that all the way through the process.
1: I watched the teaser first, which was like 50 seconds, and I'm like, "Oh, this isn't enough." And then I watched the longer one. And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." But yeah, I was—I wanted more after that as well. So,
0: uh, well, I certainly appreciated it, yeah, and I—I I also didn't notice it being long. Um, I will say, as someone who has met Doc and who's enjoyed Galloping Ghost and and playing the uh, you know the machines at Midwest Gaming Classic and and our limited time speaking with him and stuff, like he's an intriguing. Person and I think I've got like an emotional investment in this. Just I want to see it for that story. Even as obviously I'm a gamer, I'm really interested in the game. But yeah, I do think the humanity side of it is what I'm most excited about. From what you're describing, that's awesome, man.
1: I, I didn't mention it, but I had my uh, bachelor's party at a uh, at Galloping Ghost. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was that. It was that much. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, that much yeah. that we were into it. So,
2: are you local, Trey? Where are you? Are I am. I probably? am. Yeah,
1: actually, uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be like, hey, uh, you know. But actually, I'm a I'm an audio person. I do location audio. So, you know, if you ever need oh. anybody, hit me up. But uh, I didn't want to do it on the <laughs> yeah, show. Man, but no, no I, I'm I'm in know. I'm in Chicago. So I'm actually I'm actually local. Um, we have, John actually got us a couple of uh, day passes for a uh, Galloping coast that I still have from like 2021 or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, we need to get back there again, but no, I, yeah, we've been there a bunch of times. Like I said, we went, th- both of Jeremy and John were there for my pastor's party. We had it at a uh, Galloping coast and yeah, I just thought it'd be great. Like we went out for dinner and then just went and hung out there like till they closed or whatever, you know, like the, the night before. So yeah, it's, it's well, been, you guys it's it's been come a back. I mean they
2: since we started making the film they've expanded significantly and they just they have one little sliver it was a chinese restaurant that they've taken control of mm-hmm. it's required a lot more rehabbing than anticipated so they have yet to to shift into it but they have the entire block they've at least added uh a significant amount of space i would think since you guys
1: have been there and now they're at 900 and i'll get 20, the number wrong
3: 923. 923
1: that's a lot i would yeah last time i was there was 2019 so it's been a it's been been a while yeah
2: they've they've grown a lot since then they've grown a lot so it's it's worth you guys getting back over and and checking it out when you have a chance.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about it. I just like saw I was like oh, I still have these day passes. But yeah, no no definitely. <laughs> and uh yeah, I'm very excited to see see what becomes of this of this movie as well. And uh just uh, for anybody um like I'll put the website on the on the information for this obviously in the details of the episode and uh you know wherever I post it. But and the the name of this the name of the movie again is The Ghost and the quest for no, the ghost lord and the quest for dark presence right just ghost lord yeah ghost lord, lord and
3: yeah, the, quest ghost lord is in the quest for dark presence and uh all of our handles are ghost lords quest uh facebook twitter instagram um and kickstarter is ghostlord kickstarter.com start um so yeah it's it, we've been we've been working a lot on our social media we've been trying to get people excited um growing our audience too and you can tell that there's there's an audience that that wants to see this movie being made so That's what we're hoping for.
4: And hurry up and get on there because we got, uh, as of today, it's 16 days to go on the Kickstarter, and when this posts, it'll be 14 days. Yeah, I was going to say, we got got two more weeks. uh, We got two more weeks,
1: so get to that, yeah. For sure. Yeah, Appreciate it's been, uh, how long has it been going for the,
3: the Kickstarter? 16 days. 16. Uh, so we're at the exact halfway mark right now, 16 okay. days in 16 days left, and we are 55% funded. Um, so in terms of that, we're making good progress. Um, but I know Craig and I won't be happy until <laughs> we get to the final and we hit our mm-hmm. goal um so we've been pushing really hard on this i mean our friends our family our our neighbors everybody's been really involved now we're at a point where beyond our circle we're trying to extend that out so this is a great opportunity to hopefully reach more people who are interested in this and just haven't heard of it yet um or seen our post so we we welcome new new fans new questions uh contact us and and you know start looking at it because we're we're dripping out you know behind the scenes and even clips from uh from the film uh interview sound bites will be we'll be putting out so if you want to follow along um you're going to get to start seeing some of that um which is pretty cool
1: Excellent, yeah. Thank, thank you so much for being on the show and talk about it. It's been a, it's been a pleasure for for us to to hear all this and and everybody who's listening to this, please let like go and support the Kickstarter and all that. I think it's it sounds like it's going to be an incredible movie when it comes out so yeah i'm very awesome. I'm very excited about it and i'll be following it as well and all that so thank you guys yeah, so
2: much you've had some excellent questions and it's been a true pleasure to to have this
1: platform to talk to you about it and nice and yeah. nice to meet both of you thank, thank you thank it. you so
3: much really appreciate it
1: all right cool well, well we're gonna we're gonna take a break and then we'll come back and talk about news and stuff like that yeah thanks again and uh yeah thank you It was great to meet you take care break time Thank you so much for subscribing to our patreon and supporting Nintendo domain.
0: Just go to patreoncom Main Podcast. and hey Mario, let go oh, 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 oh,
1: oh, oh. He's throwing us back to the show So long gay Bowser ah! ah, patreoncom slash made podcast
0: game over.
1: back from the break it was really great having them on to talk about ghost lord and the quest for dark presence is the name check out the details for the episode go donate i think it sounds really great um something i was thinking about Well, i didn't want to mention it while they were there because i didn't want to be like talk about us too much but it's kind of like you know it feels like the same thing of this podcast sort of you know when you have a thing you have a thing that you like doing and, and you know you don't want to You know, this is what I always tell myself whenever I edit this podcast. It's like, you you know what it feels like to not edit it or or to not accomplish a thing or not to not do something. You know, that's been like most of your life before you do this. So that's why you keep doing this every week is because of, you know, how it feels to to not do the thing. And that's kind of what keeps me going on this, I guess. To have a
4: vision and go out and accomplish it. If
1: I was just to go away from it, then there'd be this huge emptiness in my life. And I don't want that. I agree. You know
4: you do cuz you love it yeah it's all my help
1: do it and that's why any creative does what they do and then trying to inspire yourself to do stuff like you know you know what it's like to not do something because you mm-hmm. have plenty of times where you thought about something and didn't you actually do it like you know what that feels like it's better to just finish a thing and make a product or whatever that's how I, that's how I feel about it it's my own opinions on editing or whatever in this podcast so i understand understand the, the the dream and it's not even like a 500 page story or whatever you know like 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 they have going but it is very inspiring i think
0: but it um, has developed to a nearly 400 episode story
1: it's true yeah yeah that's true yeah <laughs> yeah I do it my three got our own sprawling epic 300 100. 300 I really uh, do. glasses uh, i got my sparkling 300 glasses on the wall over this is the
0: epic so. of gilgamesh nintendo main style
1: but let's do what we do every week and talk about games that we got and games that we've been playing. Uh, Jeremy, you got like a, you got like a triple, triple beat this week or something, right? You uh, uh
0: double. I, I, I was going to go for the triple, but
1: it didn't happen. Oh no, I thought you did.
0: Oh wait, I did get a triple. I forgot about that one stupid ass game. So yeah, I did get it. I did. I did get three So
1: I, I have to say warning. I'm afraid, you know, Jess is listening to this that it's going to, going to creep them out because i know there's one game that you have that has uh that ultimate uh you know ju- you know just doesn't like doesn't like mayonnaise so this well i'll talk one? about that first then. <laughs> yeah. so i <I'll> just say <laughs> warning just, warning just if warning you're to, uh, listening to, to, to my warning. wife yeah
0: tune out for the next like hopefully not very long is this game it has nothing to it it's called my name is mayo and me being you know as obsessed with mustard as i am i'm like well Mayo's like Kind of cool. Still, it's not mustard. If this was a mustard game, I would probably.
1: Be I more personally, tired. I I personally love mayonnaise actually. So it's kind well, of I like mayonnaise. A, I like but mayonnaise too. I'm a huge, I I'm a a huge fan mustard. of mustard. But I love, I love mustard too. Actually, it, I think I mentioned, I got into mustard when I was uh, when I found out I was back like, in college. Uh, got well, into mustard back in college. <laughs> <laughs> now it it was recent because of my diabetes. Because there's much less yeah. sugar in mustard than ketchup, mm-hmm. so it's it you know it's a great alternative.
0: And it's a whole there's a whole landscape of plus
1: mustard. I, I like a, a good brown mustard. Too. And there was uh, a. Yeah. I mean, you remember way back uh, the days of, um, what the fuck was it called? That uh, that vegan place on Milwaukee? You remember that vegan uh, place? Oh, why am I not
0: remembering what it was called? Oh, it's like it never existed. Probably because it's been Earwax. closed forever long.
1: Earwax, yeah. Earwax Cafe had this amazing uh, garlic mustard dressing that, that was like my favorite, uh, one of my favorite salad dressings ever, and I've never, I've, I've seen like things like similar, but it never came as close to that. But yeah, that maybe that was the beginning of my love, love of mustard, but, uh, but yeah, no, mustard's great you can have it all sorts of ways same with mayonnaise though you know a lot of good sushi has mayonnaise on it too you know spicy mayo and stuff like that and
0: people will call it an aioli but it's just mayonnaise
1: yeah and there's all the different ways to spin it you know you can have it whatever but is that in the game interesting
0: (laughs) you would say ways to spin it because that's the goal of this game you got to spin the cap off of it but in order to do that you have to click on the bottle ten thousand times by hitting the a button this is a switch game it's a switch game.
1: I thought you might have got it's it, John, because it's like ninety nine cents or something. It was like ninety nine cents. Like, I actually a, used a, gold points. It's a cheap. It's a so cheap ass. It, as, uh, it, it, it kind of reminded me of that milk bag game, which that game's on sale too. I'm it's not like gonna lie. Life. I
0: was kind of drunk when I bought it. Like I like, it was pretty sure. tipsy. And I'm like, this would just be hilarious to talk about. Like I would never want to play that except for right now. And I'm like, yes, mayonnaise game. Sorry, I'm still <laughs> talking about chess. If you're listening, it's fine. I bought it. It's it's stupid, but you know what? It's uh. If you like clicking the A button over and over again and you get and you feel a sense of accomplishment for doing that 10,000 times, you should play this. But as you do it, you unlock achievements, you unlock costumes for the, the jar. That's the dumbest part. <laughs> there you go. That's so just literally that's, like that's a bikini. Funny. You can like dress it in a bikini. Yeah.
1: I mean, just but, think about the I mean, the amount of fun you had for like 99 cents. You know, it's like, I mean, it's cheaper than a jar of mayonnaise. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sean had fallen asleep on the couch next to me and uh, I turned off whatever show we were watching or whatever. And, like, and I downloaded nice it, and I'm just sitting there going. <laughs> I grabbed a pencil at one point, and was like, maybe this will be easier, like on oh, my hand. Like I was trying all these different methods. I was trying to like hit the A button over and over again. I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm glad Sean is like passed out of sleep because this this would be so annoying if she's awake. Just she hit this <laughs> button a thousand times, but I did it, and that's all we need to talk about it. I beat Shinsukai, so that game I've been playing for the past few weeks. That you did, yeah. I have middling ideas about
1: you did say that last week you're like i'm gonna beat this game and here you are uh with it conquered this one
0: week week later i beat it and i don't have to ever play it again if i don't want to you know what i I won't say it's a bad game it's just it's not a game for me because (laughs) i get lost really easy in these like games that require you to look at maps and i know the map is there don't get me wrong the maps there but every game has got a different way their map works usually and so this has like a pretty detailed map but you could still miss something if you haven't seen it yet. It won't show up on your map until maybe you've passed by it. Also, it's really annoying but if you don't save you lose your progress, which I guess that's fine. That's No, games, no, no,
1: no auto save?
0: No auto save.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's always you got to be careful. I mean, I'm still like super, you know, uh strict about game saving. I'm always like, "Wait, where is it?" You know, I always There's- like double do it.
0: You know. There is no um, shortage of places to save. It's just you got to be vigilant about it. And a few times I would get like a, a power up. I'm like, yes, like it would let me go deeper or it would upgrade one of my guns or something. I'd be so happy. I'm like, I finally made progress. And then I'd be like, oh, wait, what's this over here? And I'd go to like explore. And it was like classic Minecraft mistake. Like, no, go back. Don't keep going. Because mm-hmm. I would keep going and then I would die. And then, uh, yeah. So the way the way I died the most in this game was when you're in when you're in deeper than your suit can handle in your vehicle. Anytime an enemy attacks the vehicle, it ejects you out of it, which is so so dumb. Hmm. But that's what it does. It ejects you out of the vehicle, and uh, you immediately just like your your uh, all your oxygen tanks start collapsing because you're way too deep. And uh, if you if you don't act within like a couple of seconds, you're dead. And you just go back to wherever you saved last, but you lose everything you've done meet time so i just had to be a little more vigilant with saving and i had to be a lot more like okay well now i can go this much deeper i'm going to return to a previous area so you just have to keep going back to previous areas search absolutely everywhere because you have to get those depth upgrades it's the only way you can beat the game is you have to get all the depth upgrades i thought it was a little weird at the end of the game like in the last like hour or so of it i got like two or three upgrades all in a row like they were all just in the same like area and I just I thought that was kind of cheap. It was like maybe they ran out of Here's ideas. The rest. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know where to put it it. They're in this room. Yeah, here they are. After spending so much time like is- casing the entire joint. Um, and it's a it's a fairly large map and it's a cool you know it's a cool game. I think if it were if not for my own uh cognitive limitations or whatever you want to call it, I might have enjoyed it more. But it's a beautiful game. Um it gets really weird. I was I kind of expected. And uh, basically, uh, you have the opportunity to become part of the ultimate being, or you could get transformed into a different being, or you could kill the ultimate being. And so far, I haven't killed the ultimate being, so there's like a couple of different endings. And oh, okay. Right as I get to the very, like right as the enemy gets to very, very low energy, it does this attack that it just grabs you and just drains you. And I don't know if there's a way to avoid it. I haven't figured it out, but no matter how much energy I have, when I get the enemy down to a little tiny bit of their health bar left, they always, like, just obliterate me. So, I thought that was the only way, I figured that was the only ending, but I looked online, and I know that's not the only ending. So, I might go back and try. Luckily, I don't have to do it all over again. I can start from, you know, the very, uh, the boss battle or whatever. So, I'm going to try to maybe finish that, but I'm not in a huge hurry.
1: But uh not making promises.
0: You know, some of the stuff that's really cool. Like uh I talked about it last week. Like the the guns are really cool, they're unique. Um, you know, I really love there's one that just that shoots out this like this drill bullet that goes through everything and it's so cool. I love it. Um and there's one that attaches to stuff and it's like a, a timed mine or whatever. And so you want to get away from it. But there's just a lot of fun ways you can approach fighting the enemies and stuff, but I'd say ultimately, you know, whatever. If I were going to give it a out of five review, I would give it a three. Oh, okay, solid three.
1: I was uh, I was never a fan of the out of five reviews. I mean, I feel like there's, I mean, I guess it's just a little bit different from out of ten. Out of ten, but ten you got a little bit more to work with. Okay, let's say out of
0: ten, so six, like
1: six, yeah, or well, but then seven and like with ten you can do like five or seven, you know, if you're not doing half. No, or, six. I, I don't
0: know. That's how I feel.
1: But you beat um, it. I mean it. I mean, it's, I beat it
0: because I said I was going to. And I'll it's, it's also—I don't know. I've how started many a new quest, which is to finish the games on my wish list. So I want to buy the games, but then I want to also finish them. So yeah, okay. This is the Shinsekai is the first that I've done that with, well, in a
1: while, like since I thought about it.
0: Um, but another game that's been on my wish list for a really long time—I finally bought it—is uh, the Last Campfire.
1: Yeah, it's like two. It's like two or three dollars now. It's really cheap. Super cheap. Super is is cheap. it good? I, I was real close to getting into it because yeah, it's, it's, def- it's definitely it's worth so cheap. It for that well, uh, yeah. The art, the art is really cool. Um, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of Wind Waker ish, I guess, in the art style. But yeah, no, I thought it looked. It's really kind cool. of like a.
0: It's fairly cutesy, but it's still got some pretty dark stuff in it. You know, like you find like skeletons of other adventurers that are you know that obviously they just died or they couldn't go any further. Um, you find like little letters of stuff and and the whole point of the game is you have to go around and uh relight all the campfires at each of the points because you're trying to lead all the lost souls to the other side so it doesn't specifically say it but it kind of implies that you're sort of in like a purgatory place because at the very beginning of the game you're like moving along in like a kind of a like a, a convoy of canoes down a river in the dark and they Uh, everybody in front of you gets up and they go to this door this magical door they unseal it and they pass through it but for whatever reason you like accidentally drop your oar for your canoe and so you miss the exit to the to get to that door and you like rush downstream and then that's where your adventure starts and presumably you die but i don't know Mm -hmm. because maybe they were already in the maybe they were already in like this whatever you want to call purgatory or uh, the in-between realm of whatever you want to call it but uh needless to say uh, i like the gameplay you're just kind of walking around and maybe it's got yeah it got a bit of a i would say almost like a captain toad feel you know hmm. it's not all contained within one screen like captain toad is but it's got that sort of feel like you're just this really little kind of like chibi looking character walking around and you're picking things up and throwing them or you're moving them around or you're doing like block puzzles and stuff and uh you know you're talking a different um People and stuff, but for the most part, the, the the core of it is the puzzle, which is you have to, I'm forgetting what they're called now, but basically, really depressed people. They fall victim to like the darkness and they're like just, they're basically statues. They kind of turn into like statues. You go up to them and you talk to them and you find out their fire is like about to go out. You enter and almost like, uh, it almost reminds you of like a shrine from. Uh, Breath of the Wild, but at the same time, it also kind of reminds me of Psychonauts, where if you play that game, you like go into like the the psyche uh, or the dreams of the people that you're uh, that end up being like the bosses and, and the levels themselves, and that's kind of how this works. Like the little mini dungeons or whatever are the are are uh, the people that you find along the way that you kind of have to bring back to the light, and to do that, you have to bring their fire back to them, and there's just a bunch of different puzzles involving you know for being a lot of block-based puzzles I think a lot of the puzzles are really creative and there's some pretty good head scratchers um, you eventually get this ability where you can just stand in one place and you can move certain objects around and it's very much like the uh, the tele- it's called telekinesis in uh, in uh, Breath of the Wild and so that becomes like a really key part of solving the puzzles that's pretty fun because you're just this little guy but you, you have this crazy like power to move like these giant things all around the place and uh And you're kind of solving people's problems as you do it. So each area, you like talk to this big ghost that's kind of managing the campfire. They want you to save. They're called, I think they're called Forlorn. That's what they're called, the Forlorn. And uh, you have to save like, you know, a a minimal. There might be like seven or eight in the area, but you have to save four or five to move to the next area. So I'm in a third area. I've definitely missed some of the Forlorn. Um, But along the way, you do also find like these little diary entries and stuff that kind of flesh out the story more. there's all these like golem statues laying all over the place that that kind of hides some like history before your people, which is kind of cool too. Um, so there's just, like environmental storytelling, I should say, because of just like the the stuff that's like laying around isn't really explained. You just kind of have to sort of surmise what it means. So yeah, uh, for three bucks, yeah, definitely worth it. It's a cool, it's a cool game. It's very calming. I've never really gotten stressed in it. Um, as far as the puzzles, if you fail your puzzle, you know, just play it again. You're not going to die. You don't have any sort of like life meter. Um, near, near as I can tell you can't get hurt. The worst you can do is do something in the puzzle where you can't solve it. And that just makes you restart the puzzle. Cause like, it, there's only one where I really was having that trouble with. And that was a uh, one where you had to move this block around without blowing out these flames that are all over the place like these like uh, lanterns and the block literally has like a gust of air shooting out of it and it's a cube so you have to like move it strategically where the air never faces towards the flames it was a really cool puzzle that took me uh, it took me a few tries to figure it out but at first i was getting really pissed i'm like why do they keep going out and then i realized oh it's this block itself is shooting air out and i have to like move it in such a way where the air is either blowing away or i'm like keeping it facing straight down at the ground and uh it's puzzles like that 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 are fun so i'm gonna to try to finish this one as well i think it's i, heard, those, it, I heard it's not very it's long. just a very very yeah. charming indie game yeah yeah I've, i i have a feeling I'm, i've made some significant headway in it i'm gonna to try to finish that this week and then i don't know maybe i'm back on an indie kick i'm fine with that after after my dark souls and elden ring debacles i'm glad to go back to this heartwarming small design stuff
1: after uh i mean I feel like this year has been a great indie year. I've talked about it many times. But like after, I mean, one that I'll talk about later that I've actually super fell in love with. But I was like, man, this has been kind of a baller year. Like with for indies for me, like uh, like from like Rhythm Sprout and like Fashion uh, was it Fashion Police Squad and there were a couple other ones that I thought of just like really. And there's other indies that I just haven't even bought yet that I thought looked really good. Like the last, like the la- like the last Worker that was another one, and uh, and there's another one that I, I don't know. I
0: Power Wash Simulator is about to come out.
1: Uh, Power Wash has been out for like a month, two months. That's not an indie. That's Square. That's Square game. (laughs) No, that's SquareSoft. Is a Power Uh, Wash because you can wash uh, the the motorcycle from Final Fantasy VII in there if you want to. You can you can you can wash Final Fantasy VII things (laughs) in that game. But no, yeah, I think it's been a pretty pretty stellar year for indies so far.
0: Yeah, but in the meantime, yeah, check out Last Campfire if you haven't yet. It's got a lot in common with a lot of a lot of other games, but I think in all the best ways. And you know, I didn't I didn't even mention the music. The music's nice. It's really calming. It's a it's a it's a totally like one of those games to play if you're just trying to chill, chill out. Lastly, I beat another game, Abzu, which I was talking about last week. I actually beat
1: it like right after I beat that game. Got done.
0: Yeah. I beat it right after we got done recording last week. Like I
1: that was that was a very nice, calming game, I thought. Like I really enjoyed it. I agree. It.
0: It was like more of a walking simulator than a game, but or still.
1: swimming swimming simulator. It kind of yeah. reminded me like some of my favorite uh, levels in Super Mario sixty four are like the water levels. Actually, one of my favorite levels of all time is like the the one where you change the level of the water depending depending on how high you jump into yeah. the into the painting. And there's that one where you go into that go to that abandoned town that's like under the, where you jump and go into the water and all that. That's yeah. like one of my favorite stars yeah. like ever of all time. And uh, this game kind of reminded me of that because I just love that little slow like. You know where you're just kicking your legs and you're just like swimming through and looking at stuff diving deep in there. And I, and I just love the way the water effects looked on the 64 and all that. Like, and it was just, it's just, I don't know, it's weird. It's just cleaner than everything else. That's all it really is. But
4: it was a killer showcase.
1: But 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 Abzu kind of reminded me of that love for those for those like just peaceful water stuff or like or like the secret one where you're just getting the red coins, you know, with the fish swimming around you. Like yeah. kind, of, kind of reminded me of that.
0: Where you're in the bottle, yeah, it reminds yeah. me of. Uh, I could definitely see like the the little little pocket worlds but you know it's a fairly expansive map but yeah each little section is kind of its own enclosed area you know and you're really kind of on rails the whole time um but there's a little bit of freedom but most of that is just to observe the surroundings like you meditate and then you can literally like just look at all the different fish and you can like zoom around the map and just look at the fish you know hey this is a red crappie or i don't know i don't know if those i think those are
1: freshwater <laughs> fish but you it's, know what i mean it's a colacanth that's what it is.
0: It's a cola can, <laughs> but yeah. So the when I said I got my sharky back, like you're basically following a shark through the whole thingy, and at one point it actually like destroys a piece of your equipment, and so it kind of you're like, is this a bad guy or a good guy? But then something happens to the shark. Well, actually, the shark gets killed, and then you're like, no, I actually liked the shark, and then somehow it comes back at the end. I'm not exactly sure how that happened, but that's sort of how it ends. The shark comes back, and then it's happy, and that's the game. But um, it, it was made happy. by the person who made Journey. So if you like Journey, you probably like this.
4: Jeremy, you've got two games about water, one about fire, one about mayonnaise. So all the elements.
1: All the elements.
0: <laughs> Which uh, fire, water, mayonnaise is how you make a delicious mayonnaise soup.
1: Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't even freak me out. And I like you got to homogenize
0: it well or it's really clumpy. <laughs> Sorry, Jess.
1: Gross. I mean, I think that's gross on this side. It also kind of reminded me of... Uh, endless ocean remember endless ocean on Wii? bring that game back i remember
0: it but i haven't played it i have in there's
1: two of those games i have Mm -hmm. the second one i think i bought one of them but one of them actually on the wii had like a had a co-op mode with voice chat where you could actually just like swim around underwater and look at fish and talk to your friend and i was like i never used that because nobody else because nobody else had endless ocean you know, and I never bought the Wi-Speak because it looked really stupid. It was like a speaker and a I, microphone I don't think I combined. talked to you on it. No. No, I, ma- you no, no, it, no I, you know what? You I, did, I did you, you did actually talk to me on it. I got it. I got it because it came with the Endless Ocean, I think, is how I got it. That's what Because I, I got yeah. that cheap. Yeah. But I still didn't think it was great technology for what it was. It's like the whole room. It's like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, that was the one and only time that I ever used it. The <laughs> one time that I called you. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, but Endless Ocean was a cool game. Like it's you know, if Nintendo wants to bring back stuff, like bring back one of those and put online on Switch. Well, we have to figure out. I mean, talk through your phone. That's what you do now, right? On the Switch for online. Uh, you could. But it was just I always wanted to do that co op where you can just kind of like just go around and just take pictures of fish and shit and just you know talk with your buddy or whatever. I always thought that was that was a fun idea. But yeah, it's like you can't die or anything, and it was very peaceful. I really enjoyed it actually, the second one from what I played of it. Maybe I could stream that one if I could find it somewhere. But Abzu, yeah, was kind of in that same world for that. But yeah, you got the you uh you got the three beats. I have no beats this year, uh, this week. So I, I've failed.
0: Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to bring myself up, yeah, because uh, I have not done a
1: very good job beating games this year,
0: other than well, Elden Ring, but you know, that's just one.
1: I, I did think about trying to like see how many beats I can get out before like Tears of the Kingdom comes out because it's like a month, and I was like, well, because I have so many games where I'm like at the end. You know, and then I and then I didn't actually get there. I'm actually I've been sitting on the boss of Kirby's uh, Triple Deluxe for a while, and I haven't I haven't gone through it. But I'm there. I'm at the very end of it. I'm thinking about
0: just, playing through know. Mario and Luigi again. I love that, game. maybe and maybe Paper Mario or not. Paper, yeah, the first Paper Mario mm-hmm. one. So just the games on the Switch that I sure, love yeah.
1: that I can just play through with uh, save state and all that. And I thought about going back to Paper Mario as well. I mean, we could uh, if that's if that's all you have to say for your, for your stuff, that could, is it. We could transition to. Uh, there's, there was a little anniversary that happened this year or that happened a couple days ago and that anniversary is Super Paper Mario speaking of Paper Mario. So I did uh, so I played I played Super Paper Mario on stream at twitchtv Nintendo main podcast and Super Paper Mario, if you remember was the Wii game it came out it came out around launch and they basically got rid of the turn-based battles. And now it's an it's an action RPG. I, I I still consider it an RPG, even though it's a very light RPG, just because you get experience points for jumping on characters. But it was basically kind of based around the idea of like, what if we took like one one or any Mario two D level, and you can flip it, and it has these like whole like this whole like double dimensionality thing or whatever. And there's this whole like story around people existing in different dimensions, and dimensions coming together versus like the three D and the two D. And the fun thing was, uh, I bought it on the Wii eShop or I bought it, I bought it for virtual console on the Wii U eShop and all of my saves for my old Wii was moved to my Wii U. So I turned it on. I hadn't played it in years and I was greeted by both of you having games on there. So there you go. There was a file for John. There was a file for Jeremy and there was a file for my old roommate, Nick. Oh, we're all on there. <laughs> so oh, well,
0: uh, we played it on your, yeah, console.
1: you played it on my oh. Wii. So your names were on the, were on the game. So wow. I, so I, even though you'll never play them again, just just for this just for your own I kept your names on there and I deleted next game so I could start from the beginning we live on so your your games get to That's live on predict. i think john had like one sacred heart which i think is pretty which is which i think you get that automatically at the beginning it shows how many hearts you have or whatever but i don't think i ever beat it cuz i didn't get all of the 8 sacred hearts and i think the reason i didn't beat it is because there's this like 100 marathon thing we have to fight 100 people in a row and uh i actually played it again and i got Farther than I ever got because you save every twenty five. So I had saved at fifty, and I made it to seventy five, and I saved at seventy five, and I think I got it to ninety eight, and I died because I only mm-hmm, have a certain sucks. amount of. I'll, I only have a certain amount of like uh, healing items, and I ended up dying. But yeah, no, it's like this kind of samurai type thing where it's like first to first to hit the guy. But some people like knock like ten whatever ten HP like per whatever. And but this but Super Paper Mario had a uh, had Bowser Peach. And Luigi, all his playable characters. So you do get a party of four of the regular main characters. And I was kind of thinking about playing it anyway, because I wanted to, like, do, like, a troll stream being like, here's all the Mario games that have better stories than the movie, you know, because that's, like, all of them. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially the RPG ones, you know. So. And then I found out that it just turned 15. Like, it was, like, Sunday. It's like last Sunday. It, it, it No, not 15. 16. It's older than Mario Wii, than Mario Kart Wii, which just turned 15. So it's a year older than that. But yeah, I was like, oh shit, uh, Super Paper Mario, 16 years. So yeah, I played it, and it's a charming little game. I was hoping to get to where I got to, to Bowser. And I remember there's a part where you go to hell, like Luigi's killed, and you have to go to hell to get Luigi back. Like, that was like some fun stuff. And then, Not like and, a fire
4: level, but hell?
1: No, it's like a... It's, like a, it's something like uh, Hades or something like that. Like, they... Like, it's, it's supposed to be an afterlife, like, dark area that you go to, and you have to resurrect Luigi, because cause there's this whole part that, like, this Black, this Count Black guy shows up, and comes, comes out and shows up and kidnaps Peach, you know, before Bowser even gets there, because, like, Mario hears something's going on with Peach, he goes straight to Bowser, and Bowser's like, how did you know that I was about to invade uh, Mushroom Kingdom? I haven't even done it yet, and he's like, well, somebody's already there, so they go there, and then Mario gets knocked out and thrown into this other world, this other dimension, and then you kind of, it kind of push it, puts the pieces together later. Like you, you get to play as Peach for a little bit after that first like level, you know, cause everything's like one, 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 two, one, four, and then two, one. And I think this is kind of what brought about the demise of uh paper Mario, because they kind of took that and ran with it and sticker star after that, where it's like, okay, oh, here's one, one, here's one, one. And I think maybe people complain that there was too much story in super paper Mario and then sticker star is like no story. And they took the experience, be- the experience points out also. So it's like. Fuck you. But yeah, no, uh, the, When you come to his Peach, he says that there was like an event that happened where, where they were all like hypnotized by Count Black or whatever, and there was supposed to be a, there was still supposed to be a wedding between uh, Bowser and Peach, but there was an explosion there. They don't know what happened, and I think Luigi was killed in that. And you have to go like to the underworld to bring him back because I do remember that like. Vividly, because that was like, how many times you could get to go to hell in a Mario game? Like, this is probably the only one. That, so that, that's like, how, that's yeah. how i how like, oh, this is
4: fiction because we all know <laughs> Luigi goes to heaven.
1: Well, I mean, all I'm, Luigi's go to heaven. I'm sure there was, uh, I'm sure there was whatever reason why he ended up in that dark place or whatever. But I just remember that being really cool that you get to go to the go to, whatever the the world beyond, and bring Luigi's soul back and all that stuff. But but it was fun to play it. You know, it's like. I got it for the Wii U like way before I knew that the the eShop was closing just because I knew a physical copy of it was very expensive and I was like I might as well buy it for 20 bucks because when am I going to get it elsewhere because I think I ended up so- selling my copy to get uh, Twilight Princess or something like that so that's probably what became of that game but it w- but it was, fun to, it was fun to play it again it was cool to see both your names on there on, on the uh... so I obviously pushed it on uh, both of you to try it out because I thought it was really cool at the time and I know I think Jeremy you got it on the wii u e-shop as well or i have or it on got the, the wii u shop yeah
0: i've just never really been able to get into it i've tried uh, maybe i need to give it another try but
1: i always like the writing i had that game
4: for a few days it because, gets really wacky uh, for christmas i asked for mario galaxy
1: and that's what i got instead by accident oh. so, so i do oh no Oh, that's not the one. So I returned it and got Mario Galaxy. I mean, if there was any, if there was any Paper Mario that you would like, John, I think it would be that one because that's the one that's the most actiony.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I always thought it looked cool. It just wasn't Mario Galaxy. Yeah, there's no like, um, there, there's no uh, turn based battles. Like, you just jump on a guy, you cause damage, and that's it. Like, it's all. There's no like separate screen, like no waiting. No, what? Uh, the only difference is you get experience points. It's kind of cool. It's actually your top score is what it says and when your score gets to a certain level you level up so it's like all right so the next score will be like 60,000 if you're like 40,000 whatever and i thought that was a cool way to do it and and you you get you'll get hp or you'll get more damage and you can also collect cards of the characters which give you which give you additional damage as well and you get these little pixel characters as they're called and they give you different abilities like they allow you to like do like the like the butt, the the butt stomp, you know, or like the hammer move, or 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 Thoreau is one of is the first one you get. It's basically where you can grab somebody and throw them, you know, that type of thing. And there's a character in there that looks just like just like Donkey Kong, but not Donkey Kong. That, that was like the first boss, and yeah, it, it was it was fun to play through it again. Like I said, it's uh, it's trying to take me out of the funk that the Mario movie left me in. I'm sure everybody listened to last week's episode know about that. The Mario week got got ruined kind of by thinking about the uh, Mario <laughs> movie. So. Cause I was like, I'm going to play all these Mario games for the week. And I was all excited. And then I was just like,
0: I would say at least it was a fun episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, Record. I'm not, it, yeah, no, I thought, yeah, it was it was fun. Fun I thought it was a fun episode. I, I'm not as, I mean, I'm not as bummed as I was for episode seven, which I don't think anything it will ever take me to that ultimate yeah. impression that I had. What was episode seven? Star Wars, the force awakens. Oh, okay. That one, which I, ter- first, which I think is terrible, which I think is terrible still, cool. but, uh, there's actually a lot of similarities between the Mario movie and, and, uh, episode seven, like big time. I was just yeah. thinking about so I thought it. You were talking about our episode seven. It's like, it was something happened in our, no, episode no, no, seven. no, 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 no. The it's star, like so the star Wars about. movie. No, when, when the new, yeah, when okay. the J when the, when the JJ J. Abrams movie came out and my dad died, like not that far apart from each other, but that was pretty, I felt like I'd been, uh betrayed by many you know by my one of my favorite things and my and my dad and all that and it's you know it was a rough time but uh but yeah i guess maybe that helped me to have less uh to have have to have less faith in movies and ever since i have never been as upset as i was when i first saw that star wars movie so so that's good i guess but there are a lot of similarities between the two movies like, a lot, like, which you've seen, like, news stories where it's like, oh, well, but, but it's a kid's movie. It can have a dumb story. People were saying the exact same thing about Episode Seven when it came out. They're like, oh, well, you know, but ne- none of the Star Wars stories were ever good. and I'm like, really? Like, oh, it can be dumb because they were dumb. And I'm like, come on. Or, like, I was thinking about it. I mentioned it to Jess, like, a, like the beginning of the movie where all these penguins get attacked that you know nothing about and care nothing about. That's the same yeah. thing about that random planet getting exploded in episode 7 which we know nothing about and then another death star gets destroyed which nobody cares about whatsoever. It's like the same sort of thing. It's like it's yeah. just like Star Wars has these little balls, here's our big balls. We got this bigger death star. Let's just but there's no motion in any of it whatsoever. And yeah, they destroy a random planet we've never even heard of and we're supposed to be like, "Okay." Yeah, I don't know. I could I, we did a whole ep Justin and I did a whole episode about episode seven and how depressing it was when it first came out go back and listen to that but it's not on that level but let's talk about good things uh speaking of speaking of being drunk and buying things uh since i guess since we were drinking jess and i were kind of drinking before we started the episode last week i was kind of a little loaded when we got done and i ended up just i just kept drinking and just like watched wrestling and and just you know tried to light up twitter with the fire or whatever i just tweeted everything i thought of which normally happens to me when i get drunk but uh but what i did do is i ended up buying a, I, I bought us some movie tickets because i wanted to get a get better tickets uh, go see better movies so i ended up buying <laughs> t- tickets to uh Bo is afraid and uh the guardians of the galaxy movie at the alamo draft house while i was drunk so which i still stand by that because i was like because i saw a commercial for one of them i was like i gotta get that and then i saw the new Ari Aster movie. but was afraid, like there's like nobody had seats yet, and I was like, "Well, fuck, we can sit wherever." So I like went went ahead of time, and you know, got all that shit. Nice. But as far as uh, as far as games go, uh, Pokemon Stadium it's out now for the Nintendo 64, Nintendo Switch Online. I played it a little bit last night. I I forgot that I completely forgot that there was a um, an announcer on there that just like kind of like commentates everything that you're doing, and it's kind of hilarious, but it's also kind of impressive for a 64 game, you know? And whenever you like lose a Pokemon, it'll be like, "What Pokemon's next. Like who you bringing out? Or like, or when you like uh, use the right type and you like knock them down, they're like, you're the one hit wonder. Like this, it's, it's like the, the commentary is hilarious. And I played the mini games too. And the mini games are still fucking funny as hell. Like, uh, I just realized that I finally understand the Lickitung game, which I, you know, didn't at all. Cause I never had sushi You've like, been more at all cultured when I first now. played this. And, uh, you know, Jess and I, we went to, we went to a conveyor belt sushi place, like right after the Super Mario movie. So it's fresh in my mind, but the Lickitung game, Lickitung is a Pokemon with a giant tongue. And Jeremy mentioned this last week before it came out, but, uh, you, you go around and you basically, you want to, you want to have the highest, um, amount of sushi. So it's, it's basically a rotary sushi, like conveyor belt thing, and you want to pick the most expensive plates. So if you've ever been to a conveyor belt sushi, um, they, the plates are different colors and the colors are, you know, represent how much the money is, and all that. Like when we were there, we, you know, uh, color coded it or just color coded them, all that, so they could easily count them. But that's the whole point of that game is to is to go for the most expensive nigiri that comes around and not hit the wasabi. Because if you hit the wasabi, you get your, you know, your brain gets all fired, and you have to run around in circles until you until you, <laughs> you, you know until you until you get out of it. But I was just realized I was like, yeah, now I fully understand Conveyor Belt Sushi that this game is about, which I was playing when I was like nineteen or whatever the fuck it came out, you know. And now it's now I fully understand the Lickitung game. But no, it's it's a shit ton of fun. It's a uh, i I played against the computer and I did like I did best to nine and I thought that it was like we'd just play nine games and then we'd be over, but no it's you have to win nine times, so it kept going and going and going. And eventually I quit cause I just couldn't take any more of it, but there's nine different games in there that are really cool. Some of them are really, I mean, I think most of them are really, really creative. Like, uh, there's like the hardened game where you're like the little, um, like the metapod and like the little, like the ones that are kind of like the, um, cocoon ones that can just do the hardened move. And they yeah. just, they just throw rocks at you. And every time you hit a, you, you turn hard, you know, so that, so that rocks won't hurt you. And, uh, and the longer you hold it, like the farther down your HP goes. So it's just basically like who can last the longest with the most HP. So you just want to do the hardened mode as little as you can and, and last the most. And it's just a really creative way to make a game out of that. Or there's the, the drowsy one where you're all just throwing hypnotize at each other. And it's whoever stays awake the most, the longest, and everybody else falls asleep around you. Like that's a really funny one too.
0: I remember the, uh there's like a Simon Says, what is it? Clefairy? Yeah,
1: Clefairy Says. Yeah. I figured I have to put that song in there somewhere, because it'll be like, fairy. (laughs)
3: Fairy, whenever
1: it shows the thing. Yeah, that's the only one that I won, actually, was the, well, that was the first one I won against the computer, was the Clefairy says says one, because I'm pretty good at it short-term memory or something like that.
0: I'm pretty sure I play these games a lot with my brother cuz we I we played a lot in
1: college when way. it came good out. Way. I remember it was really popular at LCC cuz it was and it was something nobody even knew about. It was like, "Holy shit, there's these really fun mini games that were just mm-hmm. that nobody had said anything about and we just kind of discovered them." They're in like the kids mode if you're trying to find it. It's under like kids land or something like that. But yeah, there's nine different ones and and they all have like this they're all just incredibly charming. And there's like the Magikarp jump one, which Magikarp can only, you know, it's just, you just jump and you hit and you, and you hit a thing and it just tallies how many times you can jump. And, and the trick is you want to hit a, as close as you get to the ground before you land. So then you can automatically jump back up. And there's like a, there's like a snake throwing game where you throw it on these. It's kind of like a carnival game and you have to Mm -hmm. get a certain amount of points and all that. It's a, yeah, I just forgot. I forgot how cool these were and and playing it playing it with the rental pokemon I've never done that before cuz when I played it I plugged my game in there and I pulled all my right. characters in there and most of the ones they were all like level 150 so I'm just like blowing through whatever level there is with that and it's way more it's way more difficult with the rental ones and I actually kind of like it a lot more like that cuz you got to you got to think about like you know which types you need and and I think you can pick like 6 of them but you can only change choose 3 for each uh, match and it's all like a uh, it's all done to be like two players so it's kind of like it's like Madden almost, you know, where you're picking like the, the different moves that your team does by pushing a button so nobody can actually see you picking the move, you know? So it's like, so you can do it on the same screen and they don't know what you're doing. you. Know, so you can be secret about it. Like same about like which Pokemon you send out or what move you're doing and all that. And It's kind of cool. And it doesn't really, it doesn't use like the analog stick or the, or the, you know, it, it's just like picking, it, it's just pressing buttons, like just to pick a certain thing that nobody knows about. It's cool. I got like halfway through the the 15, the 0 to 15, whatever mode. And then I got killed after that. So it's uh, <laughs> it can be really hard if you, don't, if you don't know what you're doing or you don't pick the right guys. Yeah,
0: so I'm curious. So do you, is there any sort of like relics of the uh, transfer pack in there? Like, can you click on something, but it doesn't work? Or you can click
1: like, on uh, it. You can click on it. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, I, I tried it. It was Game Boy Tower, I think. Well, Game Boy Tower was where you could play yeah. the game on the TV. But also right when it starts, it says... It'll tell you that you don't have anything connected, so you can't, so you can't transfer anything. Because right okay. off the bat, when you start the game, it would, you would go straight to a transfer screen. But now it lets you know that you can't do that. So
0: it basically is looking for that transfer pack at the beginning. Yeah, so it's all if in there. It doesn't there. find it; yeah. it goes to the closed system.
1: Yeah, they they didn't they didn't hide it. Like they're just letting you know that you don't have. So it, someone might be able to hack this. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's still an excellent game. Like the Pokemon look really good, and and you have to remember, like this is the first time you ever saw them in three D, and they're still doing like some of the same moves that they do on like Switch now. You know, like it's, this was before Snap. Well, I mean, actually seeing them fighting fighting each other. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Because Snap. Also, this just is the first Pokemon
4: out. game on the N S O, right? No, Snap no. is already on Snap. There. Oh, Snap is okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't you think then eventually that Red and Blue will come to the Game Boy, and then this will be uh, resolved.
1: I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they, like like we said uh when we were talking about the ending of the eShop for the 3DS, like those were the highest selling games were were the Pokemon games, like the the virtual console ones. So, they might just sell them again as a package, you know, instead of putting them on there. I don't know. It's it's it, they earn so much money off Pokemon that it's, it's I I find it hard to believe that they would give the regular games away for free, for free, quote unquote. I know it's a paid service or whatever, but I could see them just reselling them, but somehow making them compatible. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what comes of that. Interesting thing I didn't know. I was just looking at, like, secrets and unlockables and all that when I started playing it. I guess if you put if you put the Pokemon Yellow in there, that's the only way you can get a Pikachu that talks in the game. It's if, if you import the Pikachu from the Yellow game.
0: And then it talks within...
1: Uh, within Pokemon the game. It'll be like, yeah, whenever, whenever it attacks or whatever. Every wow. other Every other Pikachu will be silent. Unless you put the yellow version in there and pull that Pikachu out of there. Then your Pikachu talks, which I didn't know that because I never had the yellow one. But I thought that was interesting.
0: And it's Ryan Reynolds.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it, I mean, it's cool. You know, it's nice to see. Uh, I don't know. At least try out at least try out the mini games because they're, they're really cool. well. They're very imaginative and very fun. I forgot. I'd, I'd play them. I'd play them online for sure. I would do. Yeah, let's that.
0: try some Mario Party style. Stadium. Yeah. That'd be fun.
1: It's a it's a good time. We used to we used to play it. We used to play a lot of those. And the commentary is hilarious, like on the on the battle stuff. Like check it out at least for that, because I didn't realize like how how good it was. I just for some reason completely forgot. Maybe I listened to music and didn't didn't listen to the commentary. But I'll definitely be playing it while I'm editing this for sure. Oh, and uh, I got I got a voucher. I got a Nintendo voucher, so nice. I, I bought one of those because uh, Advance Wars is coming out next week, and I was planning on probably getting that. I mean I don't know if there'd be a way that I wouldn't get it. I feel like it needs it. I mean it's been in development hell forever or release release hell or whatever you call it, you know, because really I, so. I haven't been able to come out with it and and I wanted to uh recreate my experience with Advance Wars. I remember when I bought the Game Boy one, I played it on Game Boy, on a GameCube, on the Game B player, GameCube player, and I ate a cheap uh, salad out of a bag. So, I figured I'm going to buy some some grocery store salad and eat it and and play this game just to remember just to remind me of the first time I played Advance Wars. I don't know. It's dumb. I don't know why I remember that I was eating a, I was eating some like salad that I bought from Jewel or whatever at the time. But I figured I'd do it again. But I I, I found out that if you you know whenever you buy a voucher which is a hundred dollars, you get an extra five bucks in gold coins. So that's an extra five dollars that you save on top of the twenty to thirty bucks that you get off the games, depending on whether you're getting Tears of the Kingdom or another 60 sixty dollar game or whatever. So get an extra five bucks in there. So pretty much I kind of. I pretty much bought Tears of the Kingdom because I was like, I'll do the voucher now. I'll use it for Tears of the Kingdom and Advance Wars and also Final Fantasy is coming out next week. So I wanted to kind of get ahead of that. That's what I did for that. But the big thing that I, that I discovered this week, and I'm sure you've heard about this game because every fucking podcast that I listen to has been talking about it. And I finally played it because I felt like I had to. But the game is called Dredge. And that's uh, that's where I was talking about how I was running from the from the darkness. Have you heard about Dredge, Jeremy? I have not. Oh, you haven't? Because they, they talked about heard it on, of
0: Judge Dredd.
1: They talked about it on Axe of the Blood God. They talked about it on NVC. A lot of people have been talking about it.
0: I've been a little bit behind on my it's a thoughts.
1: it's a it's like a I don't know how to describe it. It's like it's like a fishing adventure game kind of, and I love fishing games. Um it's it's kind of like you could say it's part Wind Waker, part, part subnautica, uh part I do remember, uh, this. I part do remember dark, this part picture. darkest dungeon, uh yeah, a bunch bunch of different things.
0: It's a horror fishing game.
1: It is a horror fishing game, yeah. It's, I which, do remember that. Which thing. that uh that really intrigued me when I when I saw that I was like, because I love I love catching fish and I always lo- and I also love like horror games, so I was like I have to try this game at some point. And I heard them talking about it, talking about it on the Blood God and NVC, and I was like I need to try this out. And I watched her, I watched a review of it, and uh, there is a demo available, even though I you can't transfer things unfortunately, but you should still try the demo because the demo gives you the whole first chapter. So I think that's up until you find like the first like sacred uh, story thing in the water or whatever that you dredge for, and then it stops after that. But there's a lot of stuff in there. You could actually probably play the demo for a good like five or six hours if you wanted to.
0: If you just but want then to... you gotta like play it all over again. But you then you
1: gotta then. start it over again. Yeah. So if you play the demo and you like the game at all, just stop and go get the regular game because the regular game is fantastic. But it's a, yeah, it, it starts out with you being a fisherman. You, uh, your, your boat gets destroyed. They pull you out of the water. You end up in this town, kind of like animal crossing a little bit too. Uh, They basically put your boat back together, but you are, you're in debt now. So they're like, well, we're going to take a percentage out of all the sales for all the fish that you catch. And then, but actually, but you can get through that pretty quickly if you catch a bunch of fish, but it's kind of like the Tom Nook thing where it's like, you got to pay me back. So you go out and you catch fish. And they, everybody kind of tells you like, you know, don't, but don't stay out at night. Things get crazy at night. And there's a little timer, like, uh, you know, what time goes while you're fishing and time goes while you're sailing. And it's all 3D, you know, you can move the camera behind the, behind the uh, ship and all that. That's what kind of reminded me a little bit of Wind Waker, you know, and all, and a little bit of Tears of the Kingdom slash Breath of the Wild as well, because a lot of it is like you know, how far can I go? Or like how, or like how much, you know, how much do I want to push this? Do I want to like try to see what's out here? Do I want to see what's happening at night over here? And sometimes these ghost ships appear or like, or there'll be like uh, rocks that appear that aren't really there. That'll that'll appear like right in front of you, and you know if you run into them, you'll have your boat damaged, and you have to take your boat in and get it fixed and all this stuff. And you can drop like crab crab traps, like kind of like you would in Stardew Valley, like that sort of thing. There's different sizes of them that'll catch different fish. You can get nets that'll dry that'll like drag behind your boat that you can catch stuff while you're on the while you're going to the next thing. Which I haven't done that yet. But, and you buy different fishing poles to catch different fish. And, oh, yeah, and there's also, like, mutated fish that you can find that'll sell for hire. And there's, like, all these different variations of, like, one, one, like, one of them will have, like, ten eyes, or one of them will be, like, pink or whatever, you know, stuff like that. And it's all, you you just kind of, like, you know, talking to the different uh, villagers and kind of trying to figure out what's going on in this world. And, yeah, and I love it. And the soundtrack is really good. Like, it's, like, there's this very, very quiet, like, but sort of, like, sort of like dark uh piano music like as you go across the the water and all that and you can you know you can upgrade your engine and like your health space and and all these other different things and i've i've been like catching fish and just trying to constantly upgrade shit i finally got to where you can get explosives to where you can where you can ex- blow up rocks and stuff to find new passages and whatnot and and i found this giant eel that exists like in the day and the night that will fucking kill you so uh i was surprised i got around it cuz i had to get like this giant whale mouth that was like important to this family that used to make explosives or whatever to bring these two brothers together to help them create explosives again or whatever but it has a really really cool story i've been having a blast with it, and i just started playing it yesterday but i recommend very very much recommend uh getting that free demo and checking that out at least it has a little bit of metroidvania to it as well i guess because you got to get things to go to other places and You know, it's like you get a better engine that makes you go faster so you can go to these other islands that you could just see in the distance that you go out to. But you want to get there before night because – and there's only – there's, like, one lighthouse that's right by your main town that you start in. So when it gets dark anywhere past that, everything gets very, very dark, and you don't know where you're at. And it kind of reminded me a little bit where you are talking about the map earlier because there's a map you can look at, but you can't, like, look at it and move at the same time. So you kind of have to, like, be like, all right, well, I need – I want to go here. But then you got to figure it out with your compass and all that, so it can make it make it a little bit more dangerous. And there was one time where I actually survived the night; like I stayed up till like six a.m. and then the sun comes back up. But there's this little eyeball that appears above the boat that's kind of looking around, you know, when it gets dark to kind of be like it's kind of its own like sanity meter, I guess, quote unquote, kind of yeah. like kind of like eternal darkness a little bit. And there are some things I think that that show up in the darkness that aren't maybe aren't real or are you know who knows like one of the one of the people that i ran into uh she said like you know maybe maybe the darkness isn't bad maybe you just need to understand what it is so i think that's maybe what they're trying to get you to go towards but but i i made it through the whole night but then it was but then it was like morning and the sun was out but i was still seeing shit because i didn't sleep at all you know so the eyeball was still like freaking out and all that so i went and i slept for like 24 hours or whatever and if and if you and if you like catch fish and you go to sleep, like your fish can go bad too. So you need to like sell them for a certain point, or they'll rot or whatever. That and there's makes a sense. lot of different stuff to it, but it's really cool. Like I really, I got blown away by it. It's like, oh right, this this game's awesome. So I'm planning on finishing it, that for, it for sure. It sounds really unique. I, uh, it really grabbed yes. me like big time because I like I like fishing games a lot and. And it's yeah, it felt like a it felt like a fishing game meets Darkest Dungeon. Like
0: it sounds like there's an economy in it, which is something I always like. Like for me, an economy is almost as good as a. Uh, well, I mean, it's essentially the same as like experience points.
1: Oh sure, yeah, yeah. You well, I mean, yeah. You you you, you fish and you gain and you gain money to, to buy other it. things and and you can. There's books that you can get that you can just kind of like turn on that you'll read like as you're going across the water and you'll get like bonuses for re- reading certain books or whatever. It's like, now you get a 10% catch rate or something like that because you read this book about fishing or whatever while you're, while you're on the water, you know? So there's cool shit like that. And it looks really good. I think it looks really good. I played it on the big TV last night. And I was like, wow, this looks great. And the soundtrack, like I said, I'll probably end up getting that soundtrack because it's really, really good.
0: What's Do you remember the price of the full
1: game? Uh, it's 25 25 dollars okay. for the whole thing but try out the demo the demo's free I actually had a bunch of uh shop. uh what was it I had a bunch of gold coins from my uh from when Avengers. I from my uh, uh, haul that I got for the um well from the 3ds stuff as well so it was pretty much free for me because I had the because because I got all those 3ds stuff and even though you can't use gold points on your 3ds games you can still earn gold points for buying 3ds games or Wii U games back when you could still do that if you had everything tied. So I had like had like 20 bucks sitting on there, and then I got the extra $5 from the voucher. So it was one I was really planning on getting, and I was like, I'll try out the demo, and I automatically fell in love with it with the demo. And the demo will be like, you can only go to certain islands. It's like these ones aren't available in the demo, but you still get an idea of how the game works. And then it automatically just like pulled me in. I'm like, yeah, I need to finish this game. I need to see the mystery of the darkness or whatever. It's really cool. So... I fell in love with it. And I was like, uh, since you're sort of on a water theme with your games, it might fit in there if you want to try it. I would say, try out the demo for free. And if there's any, I would say, if you like it at all, just go buy the full game and just start playing it because it's a, it's a blast. And there's, there's a lot of cool, uh, there's a lot of cool like accessibility stuff in there too. Like you can, like you can change the color of, of the words that are supposed to be important. You know, like when you get t- text and it's like, what's mm-hmm. what's in green is what you're supposed to know about or what's in red is what's supposed to hurt you. But you can change that around or like, or like what is, you know, what is supposed to be this or that or what you know. There's a lot of different things you can fuck with if, if you want to. Or you can turn the reflections off to make the game run smoother. I think it runs fine for what it is, but you can turn the reflections off the water to make it go faster if the frame rates are bothering you or whatever, you know, stuff like that. There's a lot of different things you can fuck with in the game. And you can, uh, any, anywhere you can dock at, you can sleep by the way. Like if you're in the dark and you're somewhere, if you can find a dock and there's docks all over the place, you can sleep no matter where you're at. You don't have to sleep at the regular town that you're at. And like those crab things that you drop, you can drop them and leave them there for however long, like they'll break after three days, but they'll still keep the crabs in them. So you can drop them in an area and then go to a different area for like five or six days. And it keeps track of your days. I think I'm at like 60 days or something like that that I've played it in, in game. Time, is there like whatever.
0: a seasonal sort of thing or is it
1: not that I know of yet? And there's, well, I mean, it rains sometimes, hmm. but it hasn't, but and the water kind of gets really ripply, but it hasn't like, hasn't like fucked with me going anywhere or anything like that. I got, I got this, this guy, uh, there was this guy who cast magic on me to where I could like go faster with, he gave me a haste spell for a while. I was, uh, boating along. So that was kind of cool. He can hold the button. That was just get... temporary though. Well, you can use it, but if you use it too much, it will affect your sanity and it will also destroy gotcha. the, destroy the engine of your boat. So you have to be careful. You can only use it momentarily. So like it's kind of for... like the
0: Excite Bike B, but
1: sort of, yeah, yeah. It'll it'll overheat, and uh, if you're not paying attention, and the whole like while you're using it, the whole world kind of changes color, and it'll get redder. And when it and you know it, so it'll kind of let you know like where you're at, and if it gets too red, then parts of your boat will start getting destroyed, and you have to, and when you lose parts of your engine, your boat won't go as fast, so then you have to go and get it fixed, and then, you know, that sort of thing. But it's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm really very impressed with it. I'm going to be uh, playing that till it's done, for sure. And I, I don't hmm. think it's that long, but it's kind of one of those things that I could play. I could play for a while, because I, I have a lot of fun just fishing. And, the, and it's just kind of a dumb mini game where you just, like, it's a little rotating circle, and you just press a button at a certain time, and and depending on how well you do it, you can get better size fish or whatever because of that. That's the same thing with dredging. That's where the name of the game is, Dredge. It's basically where you're looking through all the uh, destroyed ships, which you'll find a lot of them in the water, uh, for for materials that you can upgrade your ship with. Also, you can find treasures that you can sell. And the overarching theme of it is to find the the remnants of this famous ship or whatever that went down and, and and that's kind of how the different chapters go is you finding these parts and bringing it to this mysterious stranger person who wants to see them or whatever that's kind of how it goes and you'll see little beams of light showing where those are in the water you know so that's kind of a little bit like wind wick or two i guess like kind of drawing you to where you need to go but a lot of these you won't be able to get to for a while and a lot of it is like yeah how far can i go or like how daring am i to try to go way down here or, you know who knows if there's a dock there or not so So yeah, check it out. Super, super fun. But that's good. That's good for me.
4: played this week again it's been a dry two weeks for me
1: the mario movie did, did, did you that wrong like you're like you were so angry it about that it wrong. That you just stopped playing video games for two weeks just gave up there's no point <laughs> no point
0: and yep. you just been super busy un- unable to really play video games there
4: yeah i've been busy so I've just been not able to really um you know i've not had the concentration to, to sit down and play a game and i still yeah. got Ori to beat which I, I love uh you know or the will of the wisps so i guess i've just been more of a, like a movies kind of mode so i have been watching more movies and stuff the last two weeks
0: more passive content
4: exactly yep
0: if you want to watch an anime i really liked what's that and I, it was weird at first and, and but it really grew on me it's called girls last tour have you Girl heard of last tour. it's on it's no. on amazon prime it's about two young girls who are basically like given keys to this vehicle and they're told like go out there and try to survive and it's a post-apocalyptic story but like most of it is them just learning like i don't know it's hard to explain because they're like they were born after humanity collapsed so they've like never heard music like Mm -hmm. there's just all these things about humanity that they don't know about and they're kind of learning Mm -hmm. from like the environment or from like different things as they go and they do run across like sort of a meditative experience. It's more of a, yeah, it's more of a meditative there. There's some like every once in a while, there's kind of a, I'd say within the whole series, there might've been like seven or eight, like more actiony kind of sequences, but you know, it's a one season, one done thing. And, uh, yeah, it's just about them exploring the earth and kind of like trying to put together why things are the way they are. And, uh, Kind of piecing the story together in their own way as they go. And it's two different, you know, girls. I don't know how old they're supposed to be. They're probably supposed to be like 11 or 12, just my guess. But they're just trying to figure out why like everything ended. And um, they just, I don't know. They just, it, it's just, it's really cool. It's very meditative. Like I said, uh, like you said, rather. I actually fell asleep during one episode and had to like go back a few episodes just because it was calming me down so much. But yeah, they're just kind of like on this quest to, well, they're really just trying to live, but like they kind of just unlock the you kind of unlock the mystery of how humanity ended throughout the series, and by the end of it, it's pretty crazy. It gets pretty crazy at the end, but it really builds
1: up and it really oh, nice. Girls' last tour,
0: yeah, girls. Uh, so girls, plural. You know, the apostrophes after the S. Last tour.
1: Yeah I, yeah, I just found it. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, Girls, girls Last Tour. I really liked
0: it. I thought it was uh, I was actually really sad when it was over because it was a really calming show to watch. I could do something like that,
1: for sure. Uh, well, let's uh, let's talk about a couple news things and then be done, because we're pretty much at that time.
0: News, 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 news. Don't snooze or you miss the news.
4: Sure. Real uh, so quick, Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection surpassed one million in sales, so cowbunker to that. I mean, good for okay. that great collection.
0: Now, do you think it has to do with the like add-ons they've done? The uh, um, I think it went on sale recently too. But it, uh, now you can play like Manhattan Project two-player online, which we haven't tried yet. Got something
4: some, said, Just like some crazy positive word of mouth on that game. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, and like you know, you know, yeah, the. People's love for the turtles and all that stuff. I, it continues. I think it's an amazing. There's
0: a new movie coming out. So. Yeah,
1: it's amazing collection for just the fact that they could get all those games together under one thing. Is I agree. It's still pretty amazing. I think. Pretty mind blowing. Uh, speaking of anime, there's an anime called uh, Birdie Wing, which I've actually watched some of, which is a golf anime, and it looks like they're having a game come to come to Switch, which I'm, I, that's cool because I love golf games and I'll take another golf game. So and I kind of I watched a couple episodes of the show. It didn't really grab me, but if there's a golf game to go with it, I'll get the golf game because I love golf, and then maybe that'll take me back to the show. After that, I'll watch more of it. So cool. Anybody
4: see the new trailer for the Advance Wars?
1: I mean, I've watched. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff out for Advance Wars, so I watched like uh, I watched like a uh, Game explained did like a talk about it, or I watched like uh, the first like ten minutes of the game or whatever. There's a bunch of shit out there, but I haven't seen whatever the official new trailer is. But it's a. But I mean, I I think the game looks great. Uh, speaking of new trailers, uh, this is actually like Curse of the Podcast thing, but. We are getting the final trailer, I guess, which I find that hard to believe, for uh, Tears of the Kingdom tomorrow, because I'm sure there'll be other trailers when the game actually launches. Because but... now we're in like we're in like 30 days or whatever, right, about between yeah. now and then.
4: Yeah, I think uh, Nintendo's really flexing their muscle with this one, and just, like, they're keeping a total lid on it. They know everybody's going to buy it anyway. Yeah. And so, I
0: think it'll probably have something in it that
1: reveals it's gonna, gonna have some story stuff. A good have really more, it'll have lo-
4: it. a little bit in it. But yeah, as far as it being the final trailer, I think I believe them on that. I think that this is it. I think they don't need to do any more ad- advertising. Uh, folks are uh, gonna buy this game.
0: I expect like a blitz of this, Like it's gonna be all over the place. Don't, yeah, I mean, I, don't I think you're get- only gonna see it yeah. if you tune in at the debut, Like it's gonna be. Oh, everybody's yeah. going to talk he about it, because that's everything. For.
4: That's yeah. The, I mean, the it'll be recut into like you know thirty-second TV commercials and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, but uh, there's not going to be there's going to be no new additional footage that you see officially from Nintendo for this game. This is it. So I'm looking forward to it. What, what do you guys think is going to be in it tomorrow? A little bit of story, we say.
1: I was just thinking maybe some story stuff. I don't know. It's only three minutes, like compared to the twelve-minute one that we saw before, which is way shorter. Than I thought. Like, what can they tell you? But really? the way,
0: but the way it was, I don't know. The way they cropped that together, and they, it was mostly just showing like three abilities, mm-hmm. maybe four abilities. You know, I'm expecting it to be. I think we're going to see what Zelda's role is. If 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 Zelda's playable or
1: not, I'm going to say that.
0: Like either either Zelda's not playable, and we see why, or Zelda is playable, and we see why.
1: I watched that. I watched that early trailer again, like the one that showed like. You know, like the dead-looking uh, yeah. uh, Ganondorf yeah. underground and, re- and Link reaching out to Zelda. Where it's like, give me your power. You know, like,
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I don't know. It shows a lot of stuff in there. I think I, I watched it on the eShop, actually, when I was looking at doing the voucher stuff or whatever. There's a, there's a trailer on there. I, I think it's going to be a little bit, maybe a little explanation explanation as to what happened to Hyrule and why we're at where we're at i think i'll we'll give you a little bit of that cuz i would let, you know i mean it's you know we're i already bought it pretty much cuz i got the voucher so isn't that nothing's going to sway me on it but i'm waiting you know, on yeah. reviews before i buy it <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to see everybody who's like this one if is, it's a 9.9 you're out this is dlc it's just
0: dlc for a
1: while can't be as bad as a mario movie no i mean I, i'm speaking I'm of sure, which
4: i'm sure it'll be great do we want to do like a, a I mean, there was a bunch of stuff that came out about the Mario movie. Uh,
0: I mean, we were I mean, that, we but... were right, and you know, it's just it's breaking in the
1: cash. I mean, we talked about yep. it on the day. Yeah, yeah, people are going to see it. Uh, you know, two hundred four point six million in the U.S. I have multiple 7, coworkers 5, that have million, seen it. Globally. I feel yep. like everybody's like, you know, we, we, you know, I haven't talked to really haven't talked to much people other than other than you, aside from you know, internet people about uh, what it's what they thought of it. What I thought was funny is one of Jess's friends, actually, her kids they left before the movie ended because they were that bored they left yeah they really? left they left the theater so i thought that was funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. i Jess, talked to my co to Jess's today. friend sharon like she said her kids uh her kids didn't want to see any more of it and about halfway through they were bored and, and wow. said they want to go and they left so wow. my my,
0: yeah. my co-worker carla took her son to see it and uh, she said he was laughing the whole time but for her she was just like yeah it was a kids movie you know she didn't have high expectations so she didn't have much to say other than you know he, it was making him laugh sure and he's probably i'd say he's probably like 7 or 8 years old so perfect age
1: i'm 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 already pretty tired of the peaches song that's for sure yeah they yeah. keep
0: releasing videos for i
1: watched it. <laughs> the music video of it like the live action one you know and i you know i, I thought the song was kind of cool when i saw it in the tra- in the theater but i realized it's only like 1 minute long and he obviously yeah, it, wrote this song in two seconds, like yeah. it actually. It, there, there's an old video you can find it on YouTube of Jeremy and I going to going to a mall, uh, making up this story about this duck that walks around or whatever. And and at the end of the du- at the end of the story, this duck finds this lobster that sings, and it sings this random song. And in the background, Jeremy's adding parts to it where he's like, "I love you." It basically that fucking peaches song reminds me of that same thing that you did in like two seconds in that fucking mall movie that we did. No, With him no, just no, being no. like peaches, Except peaches, Jack peaches. Jack I love you way better. Well, I, I know, right, but it, I like Jack Black. I'm just saying that it's it's he wrote that thing in 30 seconds, like he really did. It's very well. Much you like, can definitely you tell from.
0: Like because Illumination released their own version of yeah. the, they released their own official music video. It's just like it's
1: barely even a, it's barely pretty, even a minute. Pretty long. shit. Honestly,
0: yeah. it's pretty badly uh, edited footage from the movie. Yeah. There's nothing new to it, and I yeah. was actually kind of like, I wonder if they released that just to counter Jack Black. So they just had to like. Put it together really quick.
1: Well, I was hoping that, like, maybe the full version would have an extra verse or something, but it's still, like, the same part that you see in the movie. It's still that. Yeah, a, like, yeah. there's nothing more to it. Like, you know, like Team America World Police, like, the, the South Park guys. Like, I bought that soundtrack. Those songs are, like, twice the size on the whole sound than they are in the movie. Like, there's... Second and third verses of all the that the you didn't stars. see in the movie, and I expected that, but it's just kind of like, no, here's a minute, and no.
0: Jack Black improved that, and it became a gold moment.
1: And then there's an extra part of behind the scenes or something. It's like not even. It's so short. And <laughs> yeah. he stole the yeah. show, out of- and
0: he is the star of the Mario movie without a doubt. Right.
1: Well, for sure. I just, uh, I, I just, I just felt like that song was, is just kind of like it's very. You're right. It, it's, it's, it's very. It's, imp- it's in- very improv. Yeah. yeah. No,
4: they came out and said that specifically. well, oh, this song is eligible for for Oscars, for best song or Like, I mean, uh, will, will anybody really be thinking about this one minute song? You know, eight months from now, I don't think so. I, w-
1: I would love, so, I would love them to love them to yeah. do it just because. You know, every time they do the Oscars, they do these performances for every song that was nominated. And it would be kind of hilarious to see that on there, like this one minute thing of Jack Black in a suit just coming out and, you know, with his Bowser hair. I don't know if you watched last year, or this year's or whatever. They did like the, you know, the, the everywhere all at once, one with the hot dog fingers where it's all just kind of like experimental noise rock or whatever the fuck. And I kind of love that was like one of my favorite parts of the whole show. It's just this fucking and like, what's his face? Uh, David Byrne was there from uh, Talking Heads and. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, but uh, but that's kind of. I mean, it's, at least you'll get that out of it. And when I saw that, I was like, "Well, I mean, I don't think the song is any more annoying than, than 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 we don't want to talk about Bruno was like that song was annoying as fuck and that won an Oscar or something." So there you go. So what's
0: the Bruno? When I about that,
1: I don't. It's uh, it's uh, I don't know. I heard too many kids sing it. It's very annoying. It's something like it Bruno. From, no, no. It's from a it's like uh, Pixar uh, movie. The, 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 I forget Despicable the name of the something. movie. One of the Pixar movies, yeah. No, Despicable Me is a is an Illumination movie. It's not from that. It was from a Pixar movie from like the last year or two. It was either from last year, or the year. before. Encanto, right? Is that the name of it? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, uh, the Encanto movie. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah.
1: Yep, yep. And I think Bruno's John Leguizamo, right? So there you go, bringing it back around. <laughs> the person they're actually. Did you it. see hey, you that, uh, that? Okay.
0: Did you see that Ben Shapiro's? <laughs> Mario movie was not woke, or did you post? I did, don't. You the one
1: that posted that? I don't. I don't John? fucking. I don't fucking follow Ben Shapiro. That guy can fucking fall in a well, hole and die. I just I thought care. it was
0: hilarious because it's like. Well,
1: it, well, I, I have seen people talk. The about last
0: it. thing you expect to see is them to say it's
1: not. Well, they the, the celebrate
0: it as a result.
1: I've actually seen it we'll see they flipped it though I saw where people flipped it where like toxic YouTube people were, were like originally were like oh the Mario movie is too woke but now because it's successful they're saying oh well it isn't woke and that's why it was successful I've seen people well, here's posting why, like, here's why videos ben where they said, flip, flipped it like that
0: here's why Ben Shapiro said it wasn't woke and by the way I, I don't know jo- did you post about this in the slack or I'm trying to no, remember how it I me. came across this <laughs> then I just came across it through social media but um, it was basically you know Anytime I see a clip of that dude, it's just, it's something where he's embarrassing himself. So this was no exception where he was
1: just like, don't uh, check, don't check the comments. <laughs>
0: John Leguizamo said that he was going to boycott this movie because the, uh, the actors weren't Italian Americans or whatever, which Latino. was Bob Hoskins was not
4: <laughs> No, no, no because, because he wanted, uh, more Latinos in the movie. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I mean, that's what he was cast as Luigi in the original and yeah. All that
1: yeah, inclusivity, yeah. yeah,
0: no, no, I get it, but um but that was just you know, I didn't even know about that until Ben Shapiro said something about it. I'm like, well, people still went to the movie, it's but it, what mega star Josh like was almost said, or whatever. It's like, okay, cool, yeah,
4: you well, just, like, let that whole like uh, uh you know, political thing go and like go see this movie that we all hated, you know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know man just
0: like let it go i mean you' don't so watch a movie no, nothing could be untouched by this bullshit that we're living in right now unfortunately that sucks it leaks all over everything
1: i mean woke is the word that you use for whatever you don't like right it's like exactly. i don't understand that yep. it's woke i mean woke is a good thing it's good to be woke i mean so what is a new uh what is it of migrants it's like what is it in. it's like what else would you call yourself slept is that what the people say who aren't woke i'm slept yeah. i don't know i don't know anything i love uh I love uh, heterosexual males uh, in movies. That's all we should ever have. Ever. That's uh, <laughs> that's the other side
0: of it. No, strategy. I mean there totally is like a uh, laxity is cool select movement for sure.
1: But I mean, it's I mean technically it is woke because uh, because the princess is uh, not you know has has a brain in the movie and she's. Uh... Right, thinking for yourself and all that. So
0: there's never a point in the movie where you're thinking like her and Mario are gonna make out or something.
1: Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no upskirt parts. So that's uh, no, it's just because it's woke. I'm sure you've seen that's a whole other thing. The whole uh, discourse about a uh, Resident Evil Four and that it's not as horny as it was originally on GameCube and people are calling it woke now because of that. Cool. Because just because they made it better, they made it less sexist, and people are mad about it. It's like fucking get out of here with that shit. The game looks incredible. Shut
0: up. Just go back and play the original game and
1: Yeah, if you want the creepy stuff, uh go play that, I guess.
0: Just just be sad in your
1: basement. Exactly. Yeah, Mario Mario movie made a bunch of money. Uh regardless of us saying that we didn't like it. Uh we had no uh <laughs> we had no no push on that. Uh, people went to the I to mean, we it, did. Though.
0: Uh we absolutely added to the ticket sales, so you know. There, sure.
1: you know. there was yeah. um there was there was a uh, something on Twitter where somebody posted that, that there was an actual Donkey Kong song that was supposed to go during that, uh, that was, Take that Take, so take On better. Me part. And it's a, it, that's really weird that it's a, it was a song that was unused that, that, that was supposed to be in that part. And some executive was yeah. like, no, they love Take On Me. You have to do Take On Me. That's what is going to sell tickets, damn it. Take On Me. Like, okay. So
4: stupid. I would love to hear the decision making behind that. You produced this whole great song that fit the moment. Yeah. And you just trashed it for Take On Me. I don't get it
0: a song yeah, that literally exists in the brain of anybody like that song i can play the entire song take on me in my head i don't need to hear it anywhere it exists <laughs> yeah, in yeah. my permanent consciousness
1: well i i was annoyed when take on me showed up in a trailer for last of us but that actually made sense within the story and it was not what mario movie was i mean it's, it, it was just it was a radio code like depending on what era the song came yeah. from was was saying like what the danger was and that like was amazing. Where like there was because I, I tweeted about it. it's like why the fuck is take on me in the Last of Us commercial? That doesn't make any sense. But then when you see the episode, it means something because of, like they just did it so much better. I mean, the well, Last of Us did everything better than anybody else did. But you know, watch that. Watch just that uh, show. just <laughs> an
0: incredible series so far.
1: Incredible, best definitely. Someone... Best, best video game to non-video game thing I've seen. I think maybe somebody everybody... on Reddit. Uh...
4: Yeah, paired the song, the Donkey Kong song, to the actual scene, so you can actually see for yourself how much better it sounds. Yeah, it totally that. fits. I mean, it, it samples Donkey Kong country music and it brings that into the fold. It's cool.
0: Maybe that's why. Maybe it they didn't good. want to sh- to uh, credit Grant Kirkhope up there. Like, we can't do it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, but that that was Kirk. David Wise was the Donkey Kong country stuff. Kirkhope was later Sorry. the '64, but still, right. they're, they're both they're both incredible, incredibly talented musicians and whatnot. Why don't we talk about this Nintendo Live thing that's happening in Seattle before we get Yeah, on. coming
4: to Seattle in September, Nintendo Live. It's the, the event that, it's the same one, the same event that they would do in Japan where you, should, you saw a Splatoon performing on a big screen. All that. Same thing. They're going to do it in Seattle in September.
1: Well, I was like, but it's not like a replacement for E3 or anything like that, which I think. Didn't wasn't E three canceled like in between episodes, or did we already yes. talk about that? Yeah, I think we already we ever, about that. I don't think we talked sure. about E three being officially dead. I think we just. I thought it was last episode where we said, "Well, maybe it'll happen," and then right after that, it's like
0: it was officially canceled. over ago. Yeah, I,
1: yeah. I, I thought it was. I, think, I think we talked about it. But uh, I think this Red,
0: is Red Valentine dropped this story on.
1: Yeah, IGN. But I thought maybe this might be good. a replacement yeah. for it. But maybe, but I guess not. From what I you're saying, so.
4: I think so. I I think it, it kind of is. You know, I mean, it's it's going to be the, the Japanese event that we've heard about for the past couple of years brought over here, mm-hmm. but I think you can go ahead and count this as you know Nintendo's big E3 presentation that they can control, and you, know, you can go see see it. It's a live component that the directs can't satisfy.
1: I think this is Nintendo's a little late new E3. That, it's right oh, before it the holiday late. season.
0: I guess so, but it still
1: seems a little late. For I, I, I thought it was a lot later, but I mean, maybe since E3 isn't there anymore, they're just like, well, we can I mean, that's do our three own. months. We can do our own timeline now. We'll release stuff whenever.
0: That's a whole like season worth of time that is being. Uh,
1: no, I don't think so.
0: I don't. I don't doubt that they wouldn't uh, make some kind of announcement there, or you know, especially to something like Splatoon, like there's a new expansion, or you know what I mean, like something that's relevant yeah. to that. But I don't see it as their like press event. I think that's going to be switch to the. Nintendo directs
1: Switch Two at the exclusively. The They're not. Life. It's not a oh, press event.
4: No, I think it'll be like there'll be a direct that's probably paired up like a couple of days before this thing, and then it'll be like, oh, if you want to try this game that we just announced, go see it. You know, it's yep essentially how they did it at E3. They would do the press conference, and then now you can go try it on Tuesday, the next day or whatever. I think that's going to be the way that it is.
1: Speaking of directs, uh, we got a Sunsoft direct happen next week sunsoft 2 we're getting some gimmick news i hope they're so.
0: bringing batman to the switch on.
1: no they're not going to do that yes they're not going to do that but they are going to release all those other stuff that we talked that they talked about on the last one i'm sure like yeah. that, that like that weird uh, that weird baby I'm, hoping game or whatever. I'm
4: hoping they just say and gimmick is announced today because it was supposed to come out last winter
1: it was, yeah.
4: It was already supposed to come out, so it must be done by now. I think they're just going to drop it and yeah, say but, it's I available mean, they, today.
1: That would be. I
0: cool. I would love if Mr. Gimmick came out on April 20th.
1: On four twenty, be fantastic. Woo. Oh, it would add to an already packed week. Uh, yeah. Well, between like Advance Wars and Final Fantasy, which Sean doesn't care about any of those, but so but Gimmick would be there. But yeah, um, I think uh, I think I'm one good. more thing.
4: Big, big important news here. Uh, the Mario theme song has been added to the National Recording Registry. It's the first video game song
1: ever. I'm glad that was it. When I saw it, I automatically thought it was the Peaches song. And I'm like, no. But I'm like, oh, no, thankfully, it's it's the actual song. I don't know. I mean, the guy who wrote the Dragon Quest theme wrote it in 30 seconds, too. So, you know, who knows? And I know he sucks, but that, but I still like that theme song. So so talented musical people can so write stuff quickly. I mean,
0: obviously, it doesn't have to be a, a song composed by an American. It just needs to be something that affected the history in some way.
1: I guess that's the criteria. Yep.
0: Okay. Well, I mean everybody that's so knows. woke. I mean it's woke, but it's also slept, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> no, I was just saying woke because it's a, a Japanese person wrote it. Woke. Okay. Yeah, if you
4: have heard the Mario Theme song, go give it a listen. Yeah. <laughs> it was about.
1: I'm sure anybody listening to this has never heard the Mario Theme song ever. If you haven't, no listen to it. It's good it's a banger. It's a good jam for sure.
0: Here, here I'll give you Check a little hint.
1: Yep. There's there's a there's an open that's just just tantalize your ears there so you can think about the rest of it. It it gets crazy at the end. Just wait for the breakdown. It's it really cool. does. Pretty cool. All right, I think I think we're good for this episode. Uh for anybody who uh anybody who's here still, uh please go to the Kickstarter, support Ghost and the was it Ghost Lord? The, the Ghost Lord and the Quest for no, Ghost Lord, no the Ghost Lord and the Quest for the for the Dark Presence. No, and Ghost Lord, Ghost Lord. and the Quest for, for, the dark, presence. for dark Presence. Yeah. Check that out on Kickstarter. It sounds very cool. And uh, check out Galloping Ghost and Doc Mac and, and all that stuff. And also check out us at patreon.com slash Podcast. You can hear all bonus episodes there for only a dollar, and for five bucks you can hear the WRT radio and see the videos and all that other shit on there. You can find Jeremy and I at Twitter on Twitter at JMaxStack and at Nintendo underscore domain. You can also find us at youtube.com slash Podcast. and and uh, twitchtv Nintendo and podcast as well. I stream every Monday night until I have other things to do that aren't that. But I'm sure I'll be back playing more Super Paper Mario. So check that out when you can. And uh, yeah, we've, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. Jeremy Kowski. John Nitter. And thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.